0: And here he is, having the time of his life. <laughs> there's those big brains for It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's
1: a
2: dirty little secret.
1: I've said that if... Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumbass, yeah, yeah. you fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your mouth, man. I Gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is... You were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you
0: have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able
1: to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's... it's for real,
3: for
1: real, yeah. I've been drinking. Huh?
3: You told me to leave while I'm in my order, while you're making out with that
1: slut. Being in the industry with how much do f- you take on your face? Bam! All upside his head. Just slap the f- make him. going to make you slap somebody. This is terrible. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. You, sit you no, know, bring in. your kids everywhere. I, I, I have to take off
3: my
0: shoes so to run. So kiss my black. F-
1: I am outraged. It's not okay. They make fun of my nose. They call
0: me ugly. They say I have no friends.
1: I would just reiterate that again. Our record's unacceptable, and we accept full responsibility for that.
2: I'm a made man. You don't just get a free pass because you were good at playing tackle in the NFL. Who do I get? There you know, Jack, everything comes at a cost, bud. I was like a peck. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly.
3: Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Big, huge day. We have Kid Rock tickets for you. Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, will join us at seven o'clock. We'll talk about uh, the Cavs a little bit there. Obviously, who were Cavs, who are Cavs, who will be Cavs. We'll get into all that with Munch at seven o'clock, nine o'clock. I did this solely to make Fantone happy. Thanks, buddy. And to make my and to make my day faster. <laughs> but Eric Bischoff. We'll join the show 9 a.m. this morning for uh, for those people that do not know like myself or do not care. Will you tell people who Eric <laughs> Bischoff is because I don't care.
4: Eric Bischoff um, is he was one of the main players when it came to WCW when ah. uh, when uh, when the WWE had the competition from down south um Eric Bischoff was essentially the guy behind the NWO. Essentially the guy who is oh. the only guy who has ever beat Vince McMahon at pro wrestling. Like the only one to ever do it. In the so, actual like ring? Well, no, 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 no. In the actual like uh, running a wrestling organization. Oh, okay. I, like, like higher ratings, more revenue, all those different things that Vince prides himself so much on that you give the guy so much credit. There's only been one like like blemish on his record and that blemish is Eric Bischoff. Then how'd
3: that flame out?
4: Um, Well, he, uh, you know... He, eventually, you know, WCW kind of lost some of its luster. They kind of, you know, fell back into bad habits, and uh, eventually he's ended up working for him. Like, it turned uh, into, you know, Vince McMahon bought that company. Just and acquired then, it. Right. Bought that company and was like, hey, now you work for me. Um, I know he's doing an independent event up, uh, I think, up in Parma this weekend, yes. so I, I would assume that's how, that's how we got uh, in cahoots with him.
3: It, it, indeed it is, and we'll also have a four-pack of tickets to send somebody to that event, so we'll do that at 9 o'clock when we talk to Eric Bischoff.
4: I, I mean, I would, I, I'm excited to to get his perspective on the XFL obviously all things pro wrestling I want to talk to him about but just like dude what do you think Vince is going to do with this new that's a good question you know, with this new version of the XFL and like I, I can't wait to hear from
3: yeah him. that's uh th- that's gonna be a very good question I uh so here's what I'll tell you I have his cell phone number nice we are to call Eric Bischoff nice okay But, dude, don't be the guy who calls him on Saturday drunk. Like, yo, man, I just want to say it
4: was awesome talking to you. I call it Eric Bischoff. It's D-Picks for Eric Bischoff, dude. Drunk D-Picks all night Saturday. Look out, baby. Oh, my God, dude. Eric Bischoff's going to be like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Dude, you've heard of Triple H. Here's the Triple (laughs) (laughs) H.
3: The Triple H. So, obviously, the Cavs are the big story of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said yesterday that there is no single trade the Cavs could make that would save the Cavs. Turns out they heard me, they knew I was right. They made about 20 trades yesterday. They upended the entire roster. Okay? Now, I saw everybody celebrating this trade yesterday. But it were it was all the same people who were celebrating when we got I, when we got Isaiah Thomas and how, oh, we got Jay Crowder, we got Isaiah Thomas, we got all this stuff. We dude, we won this trade. And I was over here telling you, no you didn't. And I think in the end, this trade is going to be a
4: lot like that. I walked away feeling like, what? Really? Do you know these guys? I mean, like, do you, like you know. I mean,
3: I mean, I know Larry Nance Jr. averages six point five point. He averages six point five uh, points per game. That's what I know. That's what I know. And so, like. What did you really do here?
4: Larry Nance is a uh, definitely defensive player and a guy that can switch. And that's what I would say they wanted him for is the ability to guard multiple positions. I think they address their weaknesses. And like uh, in that, I mean that, you know, I think they're definitely younger and more athletic now. There's no debating that. Um, And I think they're a better on paper, at least defensive team. I don't know, I, 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 you know, you can't look into the future, and I don't know if this is enough. I'm going to say probably not, but they did something, and you had to do something. You
3: cannot do anything yesterday. You had to do something. You're absolutely right about that. I also said yesterday there's nothing you could do that's going to make LeBron stay at the end of this year. I don't think anything that happened yesterday is going to make him do that. Everybody wanted to be real excited about how much younger we got yesterday, so I'll ask this question. If LeBron wanted to play with younger players, why the hell didn't we keep Andrew Wiggins, who's better than anybody we picked up yesterday?
4: Because you got Kevin Love, who was a huge part of winning you a championship. I know,
3: but that's now. And back then, before that trade, everybody's like, he doesn't want to play with this young talent. And now we went out and got him a bunch of young talent.
4: I mean, but he signed
3: off on all these moves. I think, yes, that's. I knew that was going to be the combat to what my point was. But what else was he going to do? This is what they could get done. Nobody wanted to pay – I mean, this is what they could get. So what was he going to do, say no and keep Isaiah Thomas? A locker room seemed like a cancer, at least for this team. I don't know what he's like around the rest of the league. But I, I, of course he signed off. What else was he going to do? He wanted to get away from Isaiah Thomas. He wanted to get away from some of this other stuff. And this is the deal they could get.
4: Well, the, you, I mean, like, do you feel like, what, what were the other moves? I mean, obviously there was multiple trades, multiple teams, multiple things yesterday.
3: I don't know what the right move was. All I know is that I saw this news and I was like, oh, this is underwhelming.
4: Yeah, I don't, dude, I, I'm, I'm not sitting over here telling you like, dude, this is it. This is a 100%. Like, they're going to win. This is a championship run. You got no closer to Golden State yesterday than you were the day before. No closer. I disagree with that. You close the gap. I mean, and that's all you can do. Like that's literally as a team, like it would be great. If I you, don't see it. it. would be great if you could, if you could bring in eight superstars and make it all happen, but you had to close the gap somehow or another. And at least they did that. They rolled the dice. I'll
3: tell you what the Cavs trade told me yesterday. And I'm going to be the only one you hear talking about this in the country. I'll be the only one to have this for you. Dude, Everybody wants to talk about how the NFL's in trouble. The NFL's in trouble, right? Oh, it's in trouble, it's in trouble, oh, it's bad. The ratings are off, oh, it's bad. Meanwhile, dude, the Cavs are the second-best team in the NBA. They're still a lock to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're a complete disaster. Disaster. You tell me how that translates into this league being better off than the NFL. Imagine, Browns fans, the Browns right now are the second-best team in the NFL. That would be a laughing stock. Dude, the NBA is in serious trouble here.
4: I don't I don't think they're the best second best team in the NBA at
3: all. I think, dude, everybody's still out there talking to you about how they're I know that record wise they're not, but everybody's still telling you that what? They're a lock to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, they're still a lock to make the NBA finals and all that. So how does that not make them the second best team in the NBA? Behind the Golden State Warriors. If if the Cavs and the Warriors end up in the NBA Finals, that means the Cavs are the second best team in the league, and they're a joke and a disaster. And yet the NFL's the league that's in trouble? If LeBron retires tomorrow, the ratings of the NBA dip in half, if not 60%. The NBA is in more trouble right now than the NFL. It just doesn't look like it because nobody's talking about it. That league is in trouble, bro. LeBron's in year, what, 15 next year? How many more years is he really going to play, and is he really going to be that dominant? And so once you take that out, now what do you got? You got every other decent NBA player on one team in Oakland. There's no competition in that league whatsoever. There's complete parody in the NFL, right? Wasn't everybody throwing it in my face how the Eagles were just kind of like so-and-so just a few years ago, and now they're the Super Bowl champions? Weren't you just doing that? Welcome to parody. NBA ain't got no parody. LeBron's been to, what, seven NBA finals straight? NBA has no parody, dude. When that guy retires, this league is a complete laughing stock of a joke. But everybody wants to keep telling me how the NFL's in trouble. It's ridiculous. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on.
2: The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock
3: 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Eric Bischoff. Who was uh, formerly of the WCW WWE as well?
4: You're he, all excited. He, oh, dude, I'm so excited. Stansbury sent me a text yesterday, and he's like, "Got something big for you." And I'm like, "Okay." And then he sends out a tweet that said, "Like, oh, Phantoms gonna be excited about this one." So I, I was kind of like, "Dude, he's probably like pulling my leg. It's probably something I'm gonna hate." And like, true or false, shit, True
3: dude, or false? You thought I lined up the other two members of War? <laughs> The White Arsenal of Rap. You thought for sure I lined up the other two members of War, right?
4: I, uh, I Reunion, think, I think, remix. I think this weekend. Dude, I will, can I be
3: the DJ Khaled of War? You for sure can. Another
4: I think, one. Uh, DJ EZ. I think he's. Uh, I think he's living down in Texas now. So yeah, no, we Texas. need somebody else. Uh, Nothing in Texas is any bigger than me. Hopefully this weekend I will be able to get my hands on some uh, some of the some of the old some of the old hits there, some of the old vinyl from White Arsenal of Rap. Dude, I kept
3: saying it is white Aryans. No, yesterday. No.
4: I was like, that is not good. The Arsenal. I almost
3: what? opened up the show today, calling us the White Arsenal of Radio. <laughs> but I was like, if people didn't hear this the last few days, that might be taken weird.
4: Yeah. By the way, that was my high school rap group. <laughs> like, yeah, this wasn't <laughs> yesterday. Was was, that was the crew.
3: Can you just see him? Mom's hairbrush in hand. Oh yeah. Shirtless dude. in front of the mirror. FUBU
4: jersey. Come on, bro.
3: FUBU
1: jersey. <laughs>
4: For sure. For
1: sure.
3: Going to Twitter here, it says, Surprise! Stansbury doesn't like the Cavs trades." I know, right? Everybody wants to make me out to be this guy that just hates everything. I just don't like things. No. The reality of the situation with me is, I just don't get overly optimistic about things that I should not be overly optimistic
4: about. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think this is like, hey, everything's great, but it does seem like you're a little angry about it. <laughs> I'm not angry about it.
3: I'm not angry about it. it. Other than the fact that everybody called me stupid when I said I was worried about Kyrie Irving no longer no longer being a Cavalier, and everybody told me, oh, you're making too much of it, and now everybody's the same people, are telling me I'm making too much of this. How many times do I got to be right before people go, oh, well, you know what? Like maybe, 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 may, maybe what he's saying's not crazy. Maybe he's not old and mean. Maybe he's just like a oh, realist.
4: Yes. I, I mean all the times you're you're wrong, those count too though, right? I mean you could be wrong on this. Yeah, everybody likes to throw Cam
3: Newton in my face except for the fact that he had
4: one good year. Uh, uh... But but I mean, you could be wrong on this. But I mean, like I I could be. I guess. I guess at this point, it's like, why even follow it then? If it's just gonna be like, well, it's not worth anything. You didn't do enough. Like,
3: because it's my job. I I mean, because other people care about it. That's why I have to follow. Be be
4: done with it. Like,
3: well, no, other people care about it, so I have to be engaged in it. It's why I'm engaged in all kinds of things I don't care about. I I, do. I pay attention to a ton of stories I will never care about because the show's not for me. It's for them.
4: I. uh, I just. I just don't want you to be angry about something you don't care about. I'm not
3: angry. No. 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 I'm not angry. Make no mistake. I'm not angry at all. I'm just telling you, if you woke up today thinking that you are a world championship basketball team today, you're crazy. I will also tell you this. I think if Gordon Hayward's healthy... The Eastern Conference finals are still a troublesome series I don't for even, the Cavs. I don't
4: even think that the Cavaliers, as assembled right now, are locked to go to the finals. Like, I, I, I guess maybe that's my thing is like, I, I feel like you're like, I, I don't have this optimism. I don't have this, like, oh, everything's great now. And I, for, for the most part, I really didn't read that a lot yesterday. I don't feel like a lot of people thought that, like, Oh, then we're following wildly different people. I think people think that things got better. I don't necessarily think that anybody educated, I mean, sure, there's some people out there who, whose opinions are like, well, I don't care what you think but i think most people who have some sort of knowledge of the nba game i don't think a lot of them were in the in the camp of like well everything's perfect now
3: i i know i have friends and 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 media like members that i know that are more tied into the nba than i am that seem to think yesterday you automatically now are a lock for the nba finals because of what happened and i don't see that i would
4: disagree with those people i would
3: i don't see that i don't know how now dude i think rodney hood's probably underrated So I'll give you that one, but dude, Larry Nance is six point five points per game, and dude, what did they say yesterday? What do you need? You need to hit threes to beat Golden State, and if, if we're gonna put it, if we're gonna look at it on like the LeBron scale. Dude, the Eastern Conference doesn't mean anything to LeBron. It's the NBA Finals that means something to him. And everybody was telling me yesterday, oh, no, dude, he's going to stay. And, like, and that's the thing, is why I think people were mostly positive on this yesterday, Fantone, is that after the trades happened, everybody told me, everybody's tweeting, see, he's going to stay. He'll stay now. Larry Nance Junior is
4: going to make him stay. Much like, much like, I don't know if it's enough to help uh, to have them win the finals. I don't know if this is enough to have LeBron stay, but I think not it, close. I, I think it helps. I mean, you're you're closing the gap of what he's looking for. I mean. I, I feel like you're putting guys into positions that he can maximize their, their capabilities with. I mean, a dude like Larry Nance is going to get better by playing next to LeBron. That's I mean, fair. Crawford, the same way. Like, those That's guys, fair. Those guys all are going to have an opportunity I just think there.
3: it's funny. Everybody told me LeBron would never want to go to the Lakers because how young they were. And then we took two of the youngest players off the Lakers team and brought him here.
4: He won't ever go to LA because the team's too young. But he brought him here. Yeah, I mean, difference between a guy in his fourth year and a guy in his rookie year. I mean, like if you're looking at Lonzo Balls, like, hey, this is, the, this is the building block. Then like, yeah, you don't want that youth movement, but you want guys who are able to get up and down the court and play significant. I limits. would agree
3: that you need athleticism. All I'm saying is everybody making the argument. He'll never go to play for the Lakers because Jordan Clarkson, all these guys were too young. And now we just cleared out a roster to bring him here. So I don't think it's crazy. I still maintain if he ends up being a Laker, that you end up trading Lonzo Ball away to make that happen because I don't think he wants anything to do with LeVar Ball. And we all know Magic Johnson will do whatever it takes to get LeBron James on that roster. And if it means moving Lonzo, they'll do it. I'm not, see, th- th- this is what's crazy is that this is how soft the world has gotten now. Is that if you just have an opposing view, you're now just angry. Oh, well, you don't think everything's roses, and so you're just pissy. And it's like, no, dude, I'm just the guy telling you the reality of the situation. I told you what the reality of the Kyrie trade was going to be. I'm telling you what the reality of this trade was going to be. I told you what the reality of the Brown season was going to be. I'm just the realist. I just don't buy the hype. Everybody else sees tweets and sees like, oh, we're getting this player and this player. There's 38 games before the Eastern Conference Final. How many games did it take for Dwayne Wade to start playing better with LeBron James, a guy who's played with him and won a title before? Which, by the way, I think the Dwayne Wade thing is a little telling. Because you know Dwayne Wade went to LeBron and said, Dude, you're going to flip this roster over. Do me a solid and get me the hell out of here. I'm your best friend, dude. This thing's a joke. It's a nightmare. You're leaving next year. Get me out of this mess, please. And what happened? They sent him back to Miami.
4: Yeah, he um, they went to him and asked him like, "Are you going to be comfortable with a reduced role?" And I guess he said, "You know, I'd much rather go back to Miami." For sure, he
1: would.
4: um, I understand that. I mean, just from the from the perspective of like, he's going to retire a member of the Heat, and he's probably going to retire at the end of the year anyway. He Should
3: remember uh, retire oh, a retire member course, of the Heat. of course, Heat. Yeah, what, like, a, yes. what should happen. I
4: mean, one hundred percent. Yes, of course. But he um you know that that probably was a little bit of like his decision my dec- or lebron's decision wade's decision of like all right well this is what's best and i i, I kind of wish that move wouldn't have happened just Me because too. well just because there was no real significant like gain for the cavaliers there i mean i don't think Dwayne wade was necessarily going to be the the missing piece of the equation um but come playoff time i think you're going to miss him i do
3: george hill will be a difference maker people are saying and I could see that happening because isn't he like the one guy out of everybody we picked up yesterday that's got a little playoff experience
4: yeah I mean he's the oldest out of everyone I think he's 30 31 years old Um, a really good smart point guard that'll matter take, able to take care of the ball and I mean like that will matter the Cavaliers have and I don't know if the defense is going to turn into something but they now have multiple guys I mean honestly they could put out a lineup of five dudes who could guard most positions each guy could guard multiple positions that's important so, it is so, so when, when you come to Golden State, that's the most important thing, is the, ab- is the is availability to make those switches on guys, because all those guys have the capabilities to shoot, so you have to be able to do that.
3: Let's frame the conversation this way. You're in Golden State today. You're Steph Curry and you're Kevin Durant. You are worried at all, any more, one inch more th- about the Cavs than you were yesterday? I think you have to be.
4: Oh, I think you're crazy. I mean, do I think it's a significant worry? Do I think they feel, like, shook? No, I don't, but I think you have to acknowledge that, like, they close the gap. Is it enough? I don't know. I'll be interested to see how true that is.
3: I I don't know that it's not. I'd be interested to see how true that is. I think yesterday, if you had cameras inside the Golden State locker room, that big four over there is laughing at you. going, (laughs) Dude, they think think Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., and Rodney Hood George Hill are going to do this. And it's like... Aren't there guys on Golden State's bench that are probably better than the three out of the four of those guys? I think so. Probably. I don't think you did I don't think you did anything yesterday. That's why that's all I'm saying. I'm not angry about it. They had to make the move. Isaiah Thomas was a bust. It was a disaster. I told you before I did I told you after Kyrie left here that was gonna be a mistake. I told you. That was a disaster. You had to get rid of Isaiah Thomas. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Guy comes in here, accuses Kevin Love, does all this stuff, starts doing all this stuff. Dude, meanwhile, dude, he he couldn't even drive the lane. That was a nightmare. It was a failed experiment. Had to go. Meanwhile, I wasn't even mad about the Cavs. I opened the show talking about how people want to make a big deal about how the NFL is in trouble where I think this trade tells you how much trouble the NBA is in. Because here we are, you got solidified NBA journalists like Wojnowski and all these guys still talking about how the Cavs are a lock for the, both the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. And they are a joke of a team right now. And if you told me that the Browns were the second best team in the NFL, I would be like, dude, this league might be in trouble. But yet, nobody's writing the column inches is about this everybody wants to make it about the nfl and you know why that is is because every other sport wants the nfl taken down a peg because they need the nfl taken down the peg the nba's got three times as many games makes half, half as much money you tell me who's in trouble the nfl's not in trouble the nfl just has media members who are out gunning for it that's it That is it. When LeBron retires, the ratings in the NBA are going to go down by 30%. As a matter of fact, when the NBA season started this year, the ratings for the Cavs in market were down 35% due to LeBron fatigue and because of the greatness that he has. When that dude retires and there's no longer the attraction to watch and every single good NBA players on one team in the Bay Area, what's that look like ratings-wise? The NBA has a problem on its hands. I'm just the only one who's talking about it. More Sansbury Show next on Rock (laughs) 106.9.
2: Stansberry show that guy knows
3: how to party rock 106.9 106.9 welcome back to the Stansberry show on rock 106.9 online at WRQK.com. if you've ever been curious as to what maybe happens in this studio during commercial or song breaks Ever just sit there and go dude i wonder what they're talking about now we were just arguing about why one of our friends might have
4: gotten divorced.
3: <laughs> Not necessarily arguing, we're just both speculating on what might have led to that.
4: Just like a bunch of just a bunch of chatty old women we are, dude. just sitting around drinking coffee talking garbage he about cheated people. You her,
3: right? Whoa, like, that's what sure, happened, right? For sure. Yeah, that, that's what that that's what, that's we, were what doing. we do. Uh if you were listening yesterday, I uh I had I had found myself in some vacuum trouble where I needed a new oh, one of yeah. those. And dude, the listeners of this show just uh, never ceased to amaze me as a guy named Jason LaPuma reached out and was like, yo, dude, I run a vacuum store on Whipple Ooh. and uh, I guess the, the compact of Canton. So I stopped by there yesterday and uh, he got me uh, suited up with the exact vacuum I really wanted for a really good deal.
4: Nice. Yeah. So I was happy about that. What was the name of it?
3: Uh, it's, it says here, uh, Compact of Canton on the card. Okay. Uh, and they're on Whipple, pretty much all right across the street from Hammer's Tattoos. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well,
4: all my vacuum needs, I uh, know where I'm going now. Yeah. Shout out to Jason. Thanks, uh, homie. Yeah, no, that guy. Uh,
3: remember, it was pretty much when we first started, we shared a GoFundMe for a guy whose like, wife took off with the baby oh, and yeah. all that. That, yeah, 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 that yeah. was Jason. Oh. So when I walked in there, he was like, yo, man, thanks. He's like, you guys helped me raise money for that GoFundMe? And I was like, and I had forgotten all about that. I was like, oh. Oh, okay, yeah, now I remember, and I pretended I remembered, and then I went home, (laughs) and then I looked it up. I was like, oh, yeah, there it it is. that guy, all right. Yeah, yeah, there it is. But yeah, man, dude, I got a new vacuum yesterday. House never been cleaner.
4: There you go. Good stuff right there. Well,
3: not all of it. We still got some things to do.
4: Still got some stuff to do.
3: Still have some stuff to do a little later today on that front. We'll talk to Munch about the Cavs coming up 7 o'clock. However, dude, the cops at Massillon had a uh, little bit of a scare, and so did the school, where uh, the high school, where a 17-year-old Washington high school student taken into custody. um, Police had traced a threatening phone call back to him. According to the report, a call was made around 8 a.m. Thursday from a male who hung up after threatening to harm other students and saying there would be bullets flying if he was not expelled
4: from school. If he was not expelled from yes. school. So, okay, this kid wanted to be expelled. He wanted to be thrown out, right. A phone okay. number
3: showed up on a caller ID, of course, because welcome to 2018 or 1997. Yeah. <laughs> this is a new. One. All right. <laughs> or that. School officials sent... I, I, you know, I wonder when that actually did become a thing. School officials sent an email to parents alerting them the threat made off of campus, by the way. You know, obviously, it was a phone call was made off campus there. Superintendent Rich Goodwright wrote in the email that the Maslow Police Department and the district security team were immediately notified of the threat. And they traced the call back and then made the arrest. The student uh, was charged with inducing panic and making terroristic threats. Yeah, there is absolutely no joking around whatsoever with schools anymore.
4: No, I mean, no joking around, no hyperbole. We all have said stuff that we know we didn't mean, but you just say it because you, 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 it feels good, it comes out. You can't do that. You have, to, you have to weigh what you're saying there. And obviously a school shooting, is you, you, there, there, there's no gray area there.
3: I think when I was a sophomore in high school, that if somebody would have said, I'm gonna shoot up the school, nobody would have taken that
4: seriously. No. But, you know, People would have been not.
3: like, all right, he's just like letting steam off his chest. He's just, you know, whatever, he's just saying things. But nobody actually does that. But now and it which is crazy, I mean, we've had school shootings forever in this right. country, but like they really have seemed to ramp up lately. No,
4: they have, no question about it. Yeah, no, there's I been mean, you, ju- yes, they've always existed, but no, I mean, since Columbine, they have just ramped up considerably so. I much, think news coverage is part of that. So much to the point of they barely even turn into news anymore. Right. I mean, there was a shooting out in California and it, it, it was, it was barely a national story. If this wasn't Maslin, this would have never been discussed. You know what I'm saying? in, in no. this capacity, yeah, if it's no, no, a no, school no. in Iowa, we never would have even touched. No, it. I'm letting you know. Cause it happened near you. Right. I, I, what I don't understand about this and this kid's decision is like, you're trying to get expelled. It's not like you were trying to get unexpelled or you were trying to get like unsuspended. You're trying to get expelled. Just stop going to school. Just be done with it.
3: I, that's what I would think too. I, I, I don't, I mean, it, because you'd be like, well, maybe you get and somebody's thinking, well, you get in trouble if you don't go. Well, you're
4: getting in trouble
0: for right, making a phone
4: call. Right. So,
3: like, you're getting in more trouble for making this phone call than you do for not going to the classes. Just stop going to school. As a guy, who I mean, I can tell you, I went, I, dude, I skip school all the time, nonstop, constantly. Probably should be there right now, and I'm not going. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I never, I mean, you don't have to do this. I did use a female student every once in a while to call the office from, like, one of the pay phones in the school. Uh, pretend, to be your mom. To pretend to, 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 to be my mom. But eventually they caught on because I was so stupid to have her do it every Friday.
4: Well, right, dude. In a way, I mean, there's a big difference between a 16-year-old's voice and a 46-year-old's voice. No, she right? nailed it. She no, She was it?
3: Yeah, she was one of those. Wow. Like, dude, she went to VoEd. Okay. So they, like, went off campus and uh and so she would call when she got to that school and she did, no she did a really good job. it was like one of the uh, it was one of my coworkers, at mr hero and i seduced her into it <laughs> i was like come on baby dude do, do, do your voice solid, get me out of school but like that's as far as i went with that like i don't know there's no joking around with terroristic thoughts around a high school there should be no joking around that student should be arrested and has been shout out to the and pd on that we'll talk to munch next on rock 106.9
2: the stansberry show we may not be a global epidemic yet on iheart radio this is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9.
3: Welcome back to the Great Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. We do it every Friday at 7 o'clock. We borrow a member of Fox Sports 1350. Mark Munch Bishop. Munch on sports. You can hear him everywhere. On the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, how are you this Friday, buddy?
1: Bro, I am superb at that. I in be too awake. Shows you how excited I am for this weekend.
3: I uh, I knew you'd be pumped up and fired up and ready to go today. Now, I have a theory for well, you. Know. I have a what? Th- What's I, your theory? I, I have a theory for you that I think you will get nowhere else but right here. Okay? Alrighty. I've been told for a year straight, the NFL's in trouble. The NFL ratings, look, the NFL's in trouble. And I maintain... That the Cleveland Cavaliers and I know I'm going NBA here are the second best team. In, they're the second best team in the NBA, and they're a disaster. So you tell me which league is in more trouble, the NBA or the NFL? Because I think when uh, I, I think when LeBron retires, the do the NBA ratings go down thirty percent minimum?
1: As long as Golden State stays with their you know stays in and does what they're doing, odds are no, not thirty. They'll go down some. Because Golden State's on the left coast, and uh, I said most of the country goes, you know what, I'm not going to stay up and watch those trick-bag punks this state, okay, when they're around. So we'll go down when the greatest player leaves the game in the game. But then there's still a few more years. Who will take the mantle from him as the greatest player? Will there be another Jordan and Bird? Remember how they said right. "Well, uh, Magic and Bird actually saved the NBA? Will there be another duel like that coming up?
3: I don't see it. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. Maybe, maybe it does. The you know go there. I think the next guy obviously is Kevin Durant but i don't know who the next guy to like kind of challenge him is and to to usher that in i just think the nba if lebron pulls up early and retires early and i still maintain he's gonna if he pulls up early and retires early i think the nba is going to be scrambling to try to figure out what the hell they're doing meanwhile the nfl just you know 100 million viewers in their championship game look at all the trouble the nfl's in now i know you're pumped <laughs> up about i know <laughs> yeah, i know it's ridiculous i know you're super pumped up about uh you know all these Cavs traits However, I right. want to be I want to be a realist and I want to temper it. You I knew, may. I knew you had to get rid of Isaiah Thomas. You had to, right? But you're still left with Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith, the two contracts that are like that are basically anchors on on your ankles. So, did we really get that much better here?
1: Oh, we certainly did. And let me get to it this. I'm going to start with Tristan. Is that the Cavaliers tried this is only personal, Tristan. He knows that. Right. I'm sure he listens to the Sansbury show. The, but the bottom sure line is. Is, is, is that no one wanted him, guys. I'm telling you. Here's a guy who's relatively young who should be one of the top three rebounders in the league. The other day, the victory over uh, Minnesota at home, nice game. You know what? 17 points, five rebounds. No, no, Tristan, what don't you understand? Give me five points and 17 rebounds. That's why you're there. You know, DeAndre Jordan would be here today if uh, Kevin Love's name bantered there, not Tristan Thompson. Can you imagine this? Clippers are great. All we need now is is Tristan on uh, Kardashian turf. Keep him away for us. I'm telling you, before the Cavaliers' calls were being made, the big hot trade is looking at Charlotte with Kemba Walker, Nick Batum, and maybe one of their bigs. And they backed off on Tristan, too. Is it because of this play? Somewhat. Is it because contract? And, guys, I'll tell you, I've seen more glimpses of hope out of the patient. J.R. Smith could have been said, you know, the would have, could have, should have, no. He could have been included on in a few different deals. Cavs wanted to hold on to him. Feels that uh, Without having Isaiah running around there, yo-yo in the ball, having a stick to his hand, this and that. Uh, you know, the shot will be there again when he gets his shots. And that's the story with Jr. But, yeah, you know, with Tristan's one of those things. It's like, dang it, how do I get rid of him or her? You know what I mean? When you're trying to think of uh, to make it up, rip it up to the last day, and no one else wants to take him off your hands. That's what's happening right there
4: with TT. Munchman, I feel like there was some addition by subtraction yesterday when it came to the Cavaliers' locker room. Um, There was definitely some addition by youth. It just feels like at this point you have guys that can actually go out and play full basketball games instead of playing on reserved minutes right there. Um, And and we have four new players on the Cavaliers right now. Um, Of those four new players on the Cavaliers, who do you you have your eye on? Who are you most excited to watch?
1: You know who I'm most excited to watch? I'm actually going to give you, a, a double hairy here because think of this backcourt. Haven't we always been mismatched back? Haven't always been, oh my gosh, we've got a, you know, even without Isaiah, we've got a 6'2 point guard and a, a 6'4 shooting guard, something like this. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to come out on occasion, not only with youth, with a 6'8 shooting guard, Robbie Hood, and if Clark's your point guard, he's going to be 6'5. If it's George Hill, who, by the way, we all know with Coach Poppy, basketball down in San Antonio, said that fundamentally smart wise this and that george hill was a favorite player if george hill's in the backcourt there's something there but right today the guy i'm going to look for more than anything else it's not even basketball per se how cool is it larry nance jr playing in the building where his jerseys hanging from the rafters by the way he was offered the number but number two here's the guy that jumps out of the gym he'll pick a quarter off the top of the backboard. Last time I saw that was Gus Johnson decades ago in Akron, Ohio, doing that. So, you know, I'm looking forward to him just purely physical-wise, just playing-wise, Rodney Hood is going to be so, so special. And, guys, you're going to see guys play defense. You mentioned youth. They're 25. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and it will reinvigorate LeBron James, who, by the way, if anybody says this help push him out the door, that is utterly ridiculous. This will help keep him around.
3: I, uh, I well, Munch, we'll have to agree to disagree there. I um. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I do no, wait. I, you, you think he's leaving anyway, though, right? Oh yeah. No matter what happens. I, I if you win okay. a title. No, 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 no. Let me reiterate. If you win a title, maybe, maybe. I think honestly, if he wins a title this year in a Cleveland jersey, it's more likely he retires than leaves. I think if you lose the I think if you lose the NBA finals, he's out. I think if you lose in the Eastern Conference playoffs, he's out. I, I just think it's I, I think it's done. I think we've seen him. And this youth argument, I agree. I like getting younger. And it's an athletic game. And so you need a little bit of that. But when we traded all the youth away the first time, everybody was all happy about it because LeBron didn't want youth. He wanted seasoned NBA veterans who know how to play the game. And now we get youth back, and now everybody wants to sell me on the youth being good.
1: Well, Dad, hold on a second. George Hill, a 10-year veteran, That's okay? the one. Yes, okay, I'll give you that the one. Chance, but, but, you know, Kevin Love is still... Uh, no, think about this. When Kevin Love comes back, it's not an F, he'll be back soon. Sure. All of a sudden... We've got Tristan, LeBron, Love, JR, George Hill. Sorry to laugh. That is not that good for me, or Clarkson at the point guard. So, no, the, the veterans are still there. Help Kendrick Perkins. The yeah. Chargers losing them, guys. Yeah. Kendrick's I know. coming up. and So, there you go. So, no, there's plenty of veterans. Yeah, what ruined the Browns last, the last couple of years? Sashi and his wisdom don't want any of the veterans around. You have to have the mix. The mix went too far. Towards the veteran side until the until these deals. It's not much talk about legs. See a flashback against Orlando Tuesday night. Cavaliers blowing out Orlando in the first half with Greybeards. They had eighteen fast break points to Orlando's five. How did Orlando get back in the game with a bunch of kids? They slowed the game down. So you also have to do know what to do it.
3: I uh, munch you've always got the,
1: you've always got great insight and I love it. Man. I want to hit you with this, you real quick. Okay. Two things the calves did, number one. It's so good. And, and Dan and Matt slapped me next time you see me. You don't see me doing this. <laughs> they admitted a mistake, and they moved on it. Rather than just sitting on it, that shows me that, uh, that those are, you know, really, really guys who took a deep breath and said, let's do this. And number two, I don't know if you've ever had a rescue animal. All my dogs have been rescue animals, guys, and, and they are so loyal that I can walk you know, I could walk down out Tusk rush hour and that dog would stay by my side without a leash. <laughs> That's what Cavaliers just did. They just rescued these guys. They rescued Clarkson. Hey, if you want to call them rescue dogs, go ahead. And you know how low they're gonna be and what they're gonna do and how hard they're gonna play. It's gonna be unbelievable.
3: I have to give you credit there, because you are right, and I don't think that I don't think the Cavs front office is gonna get enough credit for this and and you're right, is that they did see a mistake, and instead of, like, him hawing, what are we going to do, this and that, they took action. I'll give them all the credit in the world for that. Okay? I, however... Don't feel as if this, oh, I love it. I, I, however, don't feel like this made you any closer to being a threat to the Golden State Warriors. I also think that if Gordon Hayward were healthy, that honestly, you kind of hate how the Boston series goes. I, I think that might happen now. It, now, Gordon's not healthy, so it doesn't matter this year. Right. But I just don't see as a matter of fact, much. I can't believe, I'm, gonna I believe I'm going to say this. I cannot believe I'm going to say this. But I might be more optimistic about the Cleveland Browns today than I am about the Cleveland Cavs. Good Lord.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't imagine, Daniel. Someone else said that to me right now. Like, ha, ha, take a back seat. Here come the uh, the Cavs Browns. And right I'll today, tell you this, Munch. I'll tell you I, I don't this. See any, I, don't, I don't see changes on the roster, bro.
3: If, I'll tell you this. If you walk down Tusk, you're more likely to be bitten by a human than you are by a dog. <laughs> I'll just tell you. <laughs> don't, be, don't be walking Ugh. down Tusk. I know, I'm using a little hyperbole there with the Browns and the Cavs. Ultimately, I'm not trying to be a naysayer. It's just I was the guy who was like, dude, I don't want to see Kyrie Irving go. And everybody told me, relax, it's going to be fine. And I was like, yeah, I don't think it is. And now all of a sudden, I ended up being right. And, dude, now you traded all this stuff. You you essentially traded Kyrie Irving for Jordan Clarkson. Like, does that seem right? Well,
1: you you traded him for Clarkson. You traded him for Nance and the Brooklyn pick. Oh, no, don't get me wrong that there's something that's out. I wouldn't make that trade. Everybody likes to jump on LeBron, right? right? You know what? What was LeBron doing? LeBron, when he was you heard the incident screaming and yelling at guys in the front office because they sided with I.T. against Kevin Love. And I'll tell you something else, too. Thank God, these moves were made because it got that. to me. You know, Kevin Love told somebody, he goes, man, I'm an all-star, I'm a double-double guy. I rarely say that. This was just a friend. He goes, but I'm the Brian Hoyer of basketball this time, except I'm an all-star and a, a double-double guy. Is that everything that goes wrong, fingers are pointed at him immediately by the public, by the other players. And you know what? After a while, you're going to go, you know, grab your ankles, man. I'm out of here. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, I I'm dude, if you're happy, I'm happy. Because do you know more about I'm this stuff than I happy. do? All right, if you're happy, I'm happy. You know more about this stuff than I do. I'm just a casual fan looking at it going, I feel like everybody's celebrating today because... I, here's what I'll say, Munch. I feel like everybody's high on these trades because they, how much they saw Isaiah Thomas was the wrong call and we moved Isaiah yesterday. I feel like no matter what the Cavs did, they were going to be applauded because they moved Isaiah Thomas. And then I feel like the rest of this is a little underwhelming and had you not moved Isaiah Thomas, I don't think you'd be as happy with this.
1: You had to move him. You, you had, had to make to. it. You know what? If, if they had gone the to Charlotte and got Kevin Walker, I would not have been as happy because Kevin, although he produces, he's a guy like he's got to have the ball and hold until two, three seconds left on the shot clock. That's not going to go really, really well with the guys too. But uh, I'm even happier with the moves they made. Not really household names. I mean, most, a lot of people don't even know who Ronald Wood is. Right. And uh, it's to be a lot of fun. George Hill, though, guys, everything you said and that Be ten year better, Danny, that is a guy too that is so key to this deal.
3: All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm uh, I'm just the guy who loves to say I told you so. Well, I guess we'll we'll look to do that a little later in the playoffs. Mark, yes, yeah, Munch- so you may. I know, I'm just you messing may, with you, I don't know anything, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just I'm just spouting out opinions. You know a lot. I know a lot. That's Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Who Sports. Care. Catch him weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350, everywhere on the free <laughs> iHeartRadio app. Munch, we'll talk to you again next Friday at 7. Thanks, buddy. You no, know, thanks. Awesome. Fantone, it turns out science has figured out why single people, why they are single. The reason may surprise you. That's next on Rock 106.9.
2: The Stansberry Show. Rock
3: 106.9 Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. I'm Rock 1069. We have Kid Rock tickets for you. 830. We'll pass those out. Nine o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll do that can not charge losing Kendrick Perkins called up by the Cleveland Cavaliers. What else is going on with the charge Phantom? Uh,
4: well, uh, uh, you know unfortunate to see Big Perk leave but at the same time, dude, I mean such Ittersweet as there. Such is the life of the NBA G League and dude, I just have to tip my hat to Kendrick Perkins as a dude who an NBA champion for him to come down and play in the G League to prove his, you know, ability to still do it and to, you know really kind of help a new generation of players. I just have so much respect for that guy. I liked him, you know obviously before he played for the charge, but just a newfound respect for him. I, there was one point I was watching him warm up and he was running the steps of the Civic Center and humble by Kendrick Lamar was playing. And I was just like, God, dude, what a fitting moment right now where a dude who by all counts did not need to do this not at all. Still, you know, millionaire, multi-millionaire, still pouring himself into this game. So huge tip of the hat to Kendrick Perkins. Um, charge returning to action on the 21st and the 23rd. It Dollar dog night up at the Canton Civic Center, so uh, make sure you get your tickets. Cantcharge.com.
3: We also have some we'll pass out a little later in the program. 9.30 when it is? So there's an article I'm reading about why single people might be single and I think it's ridiculous. And I think it's we needed to write something, so let's write this. Okay. <laughs> Alright? <laughs> Alright. From Moneyish.com Survey shows that the average single person waits 24 days to change their bed sheets, And they're making this out to be the reason why you're single. They say here, oh, I'm sorry. The average person waits 24 days to change their sheets and singles will sleep in them more than a month. Ooh. The average person waits three weeks. Um, mattress advisor did the survey. Some single men uh, spending 45 days that's six and a half weeks Damn. sleeping in their sheets, stripping the bed, and uh, and after having sex, they say here maybe then they would wash them. But outside of that, forty five days on average was was uh, what the single dudes were doing. And now this woman's writing this article claiming that this is why you're single. This is of course ridiculous because how would a woman that I met outside of my house know that my bed sheets have been on my bed for forty five days?
4: Is she saying this specifically or like the bigger idea of like you're a slob you don't clean up after yourself and that's that's why you know you bring a woman home and she's never going to come back she doesn't
3: really get into this and my point there would be is even if you left even if you're the kind of guy who will get a little lazy about this kind of stuff if you're bringing a woman home you change the sheets
4: you should I don't know if all dudes do Really? Yeah, I I mean I can remember multiple times like in my single life where chicks would be like, "Oh my god, for a dude, you really keep your place clean." And it's like, well, it's not that clean, and it's not like really clean. And she was like, "No, but for a guy, like most dudes, if you're living by yourself, I mean, it can get away from you. It happens to me a lot. Yeah, and I mean, like I think plenty of dudes." don't necessarily care that they live in squalor, that, that, that like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that lives here, so who cares?
3: There are some times where I'll look around and just be like, well, let's see how bad we can make it. Well, and I, like, I want, It'll turn into a game sometimes. I, I mean,
4: does living in that environment, does having that mindset put that into other aspects of your life? Yeah, but I, it
3: can. She Again, she's not making that particular argument here. And I think, it, guys, if you know you're having sex... Like, if you're gonna, or, you're or hoping to, or at least if you're hoping to change, like, I did this just yesterday. As a matter of fact, I thought, as a matter of fact, I thought I was gonna have to come in here and talk about how my laundry service lost things again oh, because they-, they didn't. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't find my pillowcases to save my life. But I got hit up yesterday, and this woman was like, hey, we've been trying to connect, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm free Friday night. You wanna hang out? Absolutely, I do. Let's make this happen. Finally, right? And so well, it was one of the first things I did yesterday. It was like you know I I started cleaning up the apartment a little bit, and I was like you know what it's like. Let's change the bed sheets. Yeah, Let, let's change those. Right now they're saying here that you should wash them w- about once every two weeks.
4: Yeah, I mean and obviously sex is going to change that, and kind of what happens in your bed is going to change that. But if you're not if you're not washing your sheets a couple times a month that's problematic like to
3: me washing your car and washing your bed sheets are both once a pay period thing
4: yeah, yeah, probably in probably in about that time frame. it's like a haircut. It's like once a pay period. It's just kind of the way it is. I um uh, usually like Sunday's kind of my like the day that like me and my girlfriend will like do the laundry. So I think usually it's just like the easiest of like, all right, hey, I'm taking this load down from upstairs. Just rip those sheets off the bed and you know. So I'd probably say we do it once a week, but. You're right. Once every week, once every two weeks. If you're going over a month, dude. I mean, it's kind of gross. But if you're by yourself, I guess does it like does it matter? I mean, it's not like gross, gross. It's not like you're laying there and poop.
3: Well. Right? I mean, there's going to be poop particles, right? That's
4: yeah, probably going to be a little bit of fecal matter, but. I it, mean, there's fecal matter on everything. That's what I mean, like, all right, but like, that's what it's like rat hair and peanut butter, right? Where it's like, all right. right you there's know, an acceptable amount. Yeah, there's an acceptable amount of poop particles floating around here. You may, may be right, because right, Keith there? is writing
3: in and said, before I moved in with my wife, I didn't even have bed sheets. Really? All right, now here's You're the thing. Sleeping on a mattress? I did that not that long ago. Really? I got lazy, bro. Really? Yeah, I wow. got lazy. So, dude, it was the end of the night or whatever, and I had been cleaning all day, and I ripped the sheets off the the bed and I was like, all right, make the bed. And then I sat on the bed, and it was like 11 o'clock, and I was tired, and I was like, whatever. And I just grabbed the pillow. Dude, there was no pillowcase, no sheet, just went to bed.
4: I think, I think more than anything, the problem with that for me is, dude, I'm like a real sweaty sleeper. Like, I just am, and, and it doesn't matter what the temperature is. It's because you're guilty of like, something. Like, guilty of something, bro. You boys always sweaty. Like, always. Yeah,
3: I don't trust it. Um,
4: and, and, and that's where it's like, well, like now am I like, just laying here in my own juice? Like, am I just laying here in like my own filth? Like so, that's why I'm pretty sh- like you know like hey we've got to do this. Oh, that's it's a big, disgusting. That's a big reason why I bought the my pillow too is because you can machine wash that. Most pillows you can't. Pfft, dude, two big thumbs up for the my pillow. That's
3: another one, dude. You should re- do. People should replace their pillows way sooner than they do.
4: That's that's why I love about. it. I don't have to. I can wash that bad boy. It's great.
3: Michelle writes in and she says once a week. You wash your sheets, and you wash your car. And I'm going once a pay period. She's getting a little crazy there. We're in
4: in the ballpark here. I mean, we're at acceptable levels. Like, yeah, you can debate on whether it's like, well, should I do this every Sunday or every other Sunday? But, like, at least we're not saying, like, well, no, I'll just wait wait three months before I do this.
3: I guess you could extrapolate this out where if... You're the kind of person who does not care what your bed sheets are like. Do you care what your clothes are like? Do you, probably not. And probably not. If you want to expand this point, that yes, and ultimately, yeah, you probably are a little bit more lackadaisical on some other things. You may be sending out messages that you don't realize you're doing. Yeah. A microbiologist, Fantone, and clinical professor of microbiology at NYU said that each night, gravity draws out your sweat, drool, and other excretions into your sheets, pillows, and mattresses, mm-hmm. as well as the skin cells we shed, which dust mites love to eat. That, in turn, leads to the dust mites, their feces, and pieces of their microscopic bodies accumulating in our bedding pillows and mattresses. Yuck. There's more, they say pet dander even if you don't have a pet as hairs can waft in from open windows crumbs from eating in bed bacteria and fungal spores my ex hated hated
4: the fact that i would attempt to eat anything in the bed really you're a bed eater i i'm surprised about that i figured that would be a uh, you know separate worlds there more <laughs> a more
3: serious campaign no i uh there would be times yeah like we'd be in bed we'd be watching netflix And I would go to the freezer and I'd get like a bowl of ice cream and I would come in and I would sit in the bed and she'd be like, are you going to eat that in here? Like, yeah, well, it's my bed. It's my apartment. Yeah. (laughs)
4: Yes. (laughs) I mean, the end of the day. Yes. So, so
3: yes, you know what I mean? And she, it was like a, it, it was like a thing where her and I fought about that constantly as a matter of fact dude she called me yesterday out of the blue and she was all happy because i bought i told her about the new the vacuum cleaner because she was the one that bought the last dyson and she was like oh my god thank god i'm f- so fine I just, she's like i almost want to come down there and vacuum the bedroom i told her i was like well bring your ass down here let's do it
4: i do not recommend that i feel like you should just <laughs> run your own vacuum bro the last right. thing we need to do is open that up again. so here's the, the thing, thing she said to, to me
3: last night before we hung up the phone she was like you know she goes if i'm gonna be honest uh, with you dan
4: no no, don't be honest with him. She was
3: like, I miss Canton uh, and I miss you. She's uh, like, Are we ready to hang no, out? No, no. Are we ready to do this? No. And there like my brain was like, hell no. But my penis was like, well, maybe, dude. No. <laughs> you, no. Like, you remember what that girl looks like naked? Like, maybe. We, maybe we should let her come over here. And maybe then you wouldn't be screaming your head off at 6.05 about the Cavaliers trade. Maybe, maybe, maybe then I wouldn't be so angry, even though I was just pointing out the reality of that situation. You thought the Tide Pod challenge was dumb. There's one worse. It's coming next on Rock 106.9.
2: You boys brought popcorn The Berry Show Cause I'm about to put on a show Rock 106.9
3: Rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9 We'll send you to see Kid Rock at 8.30 We'll send you out to Los Angeles at 9 o'clock And then we'll send you to see the Canton Charge at 9.30 A lot of stuff happening Coming up at 9 o'clock we'll also talk to Eric Bischoff uh, former WCW executive, WWE as well Worked very closely with Vince Apparently the only guy to ever beat Vince in the ratings At, uh, at the professional wrestling game
4: Yeah, I mean the NFL kind of kicked his ass But when it comes to pro wrestling Nobody, uh, nobody did it except for him So uh, I, I can't wait to get his perspective on things
3: Yeah, so they're doing an event um, It's the Cleveland Knights Championship Wrestling Pay-per-view event uh, It will be in Parma, I believe And uh, we'll be giving away a family four-pack of tickets. So a listener of ours was like, Yo, man, I listen, and I don't know if you'd be interested. I know you're not the biggest wrestling guy, but I know Fantone kind of digs it. And he said, I have Eric Bischoff. Do you want him? And I knew I knew the name. So I called a couple of my buddies who are still into some wrestling. My buddy works down in Cincinnati. He's a huge wrestling nerd. And I called my buddy Sean Kelly, who works at WEBN in Cincinnati. And I said, Yo, dude. I said, They're offering me Eric Bischoff tomorrow. He's like, Dude, you better do it. And he was like... Dial me in. I want in. I want to ask questions. <laughs> I was like, no, meat is what they call him down there on EBN. Jeez, no meat. We're not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not conferencing you in. Sean's a good dude.
4: He, uh Bischoff, dude, he's a get. Like he is. I mean, this isn't just like some generic superstar that we just kind of grabbed. Like he is a legit. You know, uh, uh, was a heavyweight in this industry when it was at its height. When it was at his biggest. The possibly, era, right? Yeah. I mean, he was. He was like the like the mastermind behind the NWO, which is essentially what, you know, created the attitude era Wasn't that, out of necessity there.
3: That was, all. on, does Sansbury know the NWO? I think he knows. I think, all dude, right. it was, alright, I, I got a couple of questions. Was it not three guys?
4: To Start everything off with it. Ended up there was like 30, 30 of 35 them, but of them. to right. start
3: it was three. Uh-huh. And if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. the Hulkster,
4: yeah, he was that was the big Hulk Hogan heel turn. That was like the big thing. That was the first time he had ever been a bad guy. Like he went from being you know red and yellow, yellow, uh, all uh, black and white, there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He went NWO. The Hulkster, yeah, was it not Razor Ramon? It was Razor Ramon and
3: Big Daddy Cool. And and it was and I I was not sting the third Mm -mm, one
4: diesel diesel was the was the third one Kevin Nash the really big dude
3: oh yeah Yeah all right I didn't know two out of dude meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad (laughs) I'm on rock 106.9 meatloaf works right (laughs) that that
4: certainly that certainly goes to speak of the fame and the popularity of wrestling in that moment the fact that you remember those dudes from 20 years ago and you weren't even really a fan
3: no here's the thing this is how long I've hated this stuff is that back in the day when the Attitude Era was, like, big and, like, Shawn Michaels and that whole thing, the Heartbreak Kid and all that stuff, right? Like, I had friends who were still watching this stuff to the point that they would go over each other's houses for Monday Night Raw. And I'd just be sitting there just cracking domestic lights. And I, like, eventually they stopped asking me to come over because they could not stop talking trash during the matches. I was like, guys, this is so obviously fake that you can, I mean, dude, you can see it. Like, how are you... You know, and they always made the same argument you did, which is like, so are movies and so is all this stuff. What's the difference? And we like it. And I was like, all right, well, I don't, I don't want to come over here anymore then. But I knew this would be a big deal for a lot of people who listen to the program. It is. And I always say, the show's not for me, it's for you. And so, you want Eric Bischoff, you get Eric Bischoff. That happens, 9 a.m. this morning. I have his cell phone number. I'm never giving it to Fantone, ever.
4: d picks. Eric, what do you think about this? No, I'm
3: not doing it. I'm not doing it. I feel like you cannot be trusted. No, I probably cannot be. So, I remember when the Ice Bucket Challenge thing was a thing, right? Yep. And I was kind of a naysayer, and then I had to walk it back because they raised a bunch of money, and they ended up doing a... They ended up making, like, some serious breakthroughs through that money. Yep. And, uh, and that was a great thing that this country did, or or that the world did, however you, you know what I mean. I'm sure people all over the world did it, but it was a great thing that ended up happening, and it came together. And then the human being does what the human being does, right? Oh, these are going to be good. Cool. We'll go back to doing it. We won't give any. We won't raise money for charity, and we'll just go back to us making celebrities out of ourselves, right? Because that's what the human beings do. And it's crazy, where if we use this stuff. To better the world, we could. Instead of just bitching on Twitter, equality, this is a way where you could actually get it done. But we don't do this anymore. We just all want to be famous. Screw helping other people. Let's just be famous. And then we'll bitch about equality because, you know, hashtags are easier. Right? So much easier. And the Tide Pod Challenge then became like a big thing where it's like, kids are morons. And I kept telling everybody, dude, kids have been morons forever. I always use the example, dude, I lit my pants on fire because Nikki Six did it in the video, and dude, I you know what I mean? Like, Welcome to kids being dumb. Kids are dumb. It's just part of, the, it's part of the thing. Even your kid, I know. He's an honor student. I saw the sticker on the windshield. Your kid's an idiot. Just welcome to the life, right? It's just the way it is. So that was kind of dumb. And now there's a video up for you at WRQK.com. It's also at uh, Facebook.com slash Stansberry Show where you can see it, where this guy's doing the hot coil challenge, where they turn on the burner of a stove, and this guy just slams his forearm down right on the hot coils. Now my guess is this one does not catch on.
4: No, no, I, I don't think so. But to me, like, don't get me wrong, idiotic thing to do. But I go back to like your Stupid. point of like kids have always been done. Was uh, do you know the age of this kid? Was it like an, I'm like,
3: looking at this guy and I don't know if we can call him a kid. I,
4: I teenager I, or
3: adult. He looks no 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 no. This looks adultish to me.
4: Okay, so at this point, we're not even talking about kids. We're talking about adults being in it. Twenty six, maybe. Okay, uh, it's an uh,
3: adult. But again, I'm bad at this. I might I, I I might be way wrong.
4: But we're not we're not talking about a seven year old. No 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 no
3: okay. no no okay. no no not at all. So
4: we're we're talking adult here. Um, I don't know. Just I, I mean, it's not like it's not like the concept of like doing extreme stunts is new and like hurting yourself. No, Jackass did all this. Right. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is like how many times do we have to see that before it's like, well, yeah, I mean, some people. People are going to to do that. I mean,
3: mean, Jack has always had to run the thing. Don't send us tapes. We're never going to watch them. Meanwhile, dude, you know they opened every single one of of those and watched every single one of those. For sure they did, and they probably stole a bunch of ideas from stuff that people were sending in. But I mean, welcome to the entertainment world; everybody steals everything.
4: I mean, and I, I think this exists in, in in you know just outside of like you know these stupid things today. Like I was watching this video the other day, and it was a um it was a, a, like an outdoorsman, and he got stung by the most painful wasp in the world, and then he let a snapper turtle bite into his hand and do these different things. And like, Ooh. there's some people who just Want that, attention. Right. They want attention. They think that's a good entertainment value. And like, I don't know, there's a little bit of me that's like, dude, go ahead and burn your arm and I don't care. I'll probably watch the video and laugh at your Oh, I am. I do.
3: I watched it 20 yeah. times this morning. I mean,
4: like, I, I, do, I have another
3: example of one of these. When I was a kid, I remember I was hanging out at my buddy Carl's house and uh, we were smoking cigarettes being, you know, young hoods. Bad asses, yeah, dude. just young wow. hoods. Just wow. rolled up in the sleeve. The whole thing. <laughs> Gracers. Right. And my buddy kept saying, dude, if you lick your hand to put a cigarette out, it won't hurt. Right. And so then it turns into, well, I can take more pain than you can. And next thing I know, I let one of my idiot friends take a full cigarette and put it out on top of my hand. And for years, you can barely see it anymore because I'm old and my skin's all wrinkled. (laughs) But like for, for years, there was just like this huge mark in the center of my fist. Just because I just let some... So you see what I'm saying? It's not new. It's not, it's not new. new. Like, the, the kids are always out there pushing the envelope, doing stupid things. I remember Phantom was talking about the lighter challenge, where you'd light it, yeah. get it as hot as you can, press the metal on your skin. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of the game. However, I would like to see us go back and not do these, like, stupid things, like, you know, arms on stoves and Tide Pod challenges, but once upon a time, these internet challenges did something really good for people. And then, yeah, let's just skip that part, because I want to be a superstar. See, because ALS was the star in those videos, and you didn't like that. You didn't like that. You had to be the star. The internet, Logan Paul had to be the star. When in reality, this is the thing that could fix all the problems, but it's just easier to write hashtag page disparity. It's just easier to write the hashtags versus actually doing this stuff for that. More Stansberry Show, next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry
2: Show. All right, I like it. I like it. I love it. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9.
3: Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. 8.30, we'll pass out those Kid Rock tickets. I'm also going to give you at 8.30 the best reasons in the world to give up watching the news forever. Okay. It's over. Fake news. It's infiltrated the whole system. It's over. 8.30, no more news needed. We'll do that. Also pass out those Kid Rock tickets. Coming up at nine o'clock, we'll talk to wrestling executive legend. Some say Eric Bischoff. Yeah, legend's fair. We'll join the program. I
4: would imagine, right? I mean, yeah. The only
3: uh, the only guy to unseat Vince at the, you know top of the ratings table.
4: Yeah, I mean, legend is fair. I, I don't mean to like overuse it, but like in that game, dude, legend.
3: Hey, uh, I actually just tweeted a wrestling GIF. Love it to Love to, it. to promote Eric Bischoff, and I don't know where I go from here. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know what I do. Um, keeping with the uh, the fight game theme, there, uh, different worlds but similar, I suppose, is that uh, if I'm reading this article from Maxim.com correctly, that apparently Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor are reportedly negotiating a rematch, but this time it will be in the UFC octagon. Now, I don't think you'll actually see this. I do not. I don't think you will see this. I think there's a lot of things that play here. I think Floyd Mayweather is undefeated. I don't think he's going to enter in anything where that would be at risk. You remember he came out to this fight wearing a mask. They were calling it the heist. They knew this was a joke of a fight. They knew he could knock out Connor or not knock out Connor but could beat Connor whenever he wanted.
4: Now him stepping into an MMA ring even if he were to lose that wouldn't necessarily go against his perfect record of boxing. For for you as a logical person.
3: Yeah. But people how people argue the sports things online now yeah it's going to tarnish the legacy your legacy before you do it goes into your number one you're the best you know what I mean you're undefeated all this but remember when you fought in here you lost that yeah I'm with you I don't think it really changes my opinion now I hate Floyd Mayweather but I cannot deny his greatness. Right? Yes, he's, he's awesome. I hate him. I find him to be so annoying. But at the end of the day, I can't take anything away from Floyd. He's pretty damn good, right?
4: Yeah, I think he's a terrible person, but a fantastic boxer to say otherwise. You can say the same you thing know. about
3: Conor McGregor. He's dude. He's he's a terrible person, but he's a wonderful UFC fighter.
4: He's a brash a hole. At least he's not like a wife beater, it, you know. At least he's not punching his mom or his kid's mom in front of his kids, like like like. That's where There's like, some
3: mild racism with Conor McGregor. I'm not wild about some of the things that he, he said yeah. in public. Now some of that it could be staging this and that. I don't know. Even the fact willing to be go there for the staging, people would draw you know you know issues with, and uh, you know ultimately I get why people are kind of down on Conor. The people who are down on Conor, I get it. I do understand it, but I don't see this fight happening. And if you're Dana White. Don't you want to just put a bow on this and be done with it? I mean, I know the money's there. Yeah, I, was I know say. the money's there. But I think that is such a short-sighted way to look at it because I think the money's there because of the spectacle of it. Where the more money, the long money, is in growing your brand, doubling down on your fighters, and creating stars out of them. And ultimately, if I'm Steve Miocic, I hate this it's like, bro, I'm the champion. I hold the record for defending the heavyweight belt in your sport, a sport in its infancy. Why are you not wrapping your arms around me? And yet we're still trying to like seduce Floyd Mayweather to come here.
4: Because look at the buys between the Mayweather McGregor fight and the last Stipe fight, right? Well, I
3: think Stipe's camp would tell you that if the UFC got more behind him, that those buys actually increase
4: yeah those buys increase but does that close the gap no no but
3: again if you if, if you continue to go back at this angle if you continue to go back at the spectacle angle you are turning in my opinion the ufc into the wwe which is why guys like me like the ufc is because it's real and you're now turning it into a farce if you do this And just like Mayweather could toy with McGregor in a boxing match, McGregor would tear Mayweather apart in a cage. Not even close.
4: Like, not even in the realm of, of like, would it be a decent fight? Not even close. I got to
3: give my buddy here, Dustin, credit, who tweets in and says, I don't think that the Floyd Mayweather-Conor McGregor UFC fight is as attractive as Diaz McGregor. Why? I think for UFC fans... Diaz-McGregor is a better fight. I think you
4: probably still sell more pay-per-views to Mayweather-McGregor. I don't think it's debatable. Diaz-McGregor is a considerably better fight. It's a better fight. Stipe versus another MMA fighter is going to be a better fight, but just looking at it from the perspective of like, yeah, I get what you're saying of like, well, UFC fans, UFC fans, they're trying to grow their umbrella right now. You know what I mean? Like right now it's expansion. It's not necessarily like laser focus. It's it's broad shots.
3: Yeah, but this is straws here, dude. This is a straw house. If, If if you want to build your brand what you do is by building your brand going out and becoming the spectacle sport i don't think is what does it it'll do it short term
4: do you think ufc has lost any any momentum any anything that they've had post mcgregor mayweather one no so I, to me that says like well, roll number 2 out
3: you can go back to the well too many times do I think it ends the UFC tomorrow if you continue to do this? No, of course not. You know, you still have Demetrius Johnson out there who's a badass. Cody, you know, No Love Garbrandt's a badass. TJ Dillashaw's getting ready to fight again. That thing's going to be, a, you know, that thing's going to be pretty good. He's ducking. Actually, TJ's ducking a really good fighter right now. That's a good storyline in the UFC right now. But again, I think most, yes, you were drawing bigger, more eyeballs on it. But eventually, dude, the audience goes, you're ripping me off. Like, the thing about buying the Stipe fight is, dude, you bought that fight because you thought it was going to be a really good fight. And it was a really good fight. The Mayweather-McGregor boxing match wasn't a good fight at all. It was a terrible fight. It was an awful fight. As a matter of fact, you can see Floyd toying with him in the first two rounds, where he's just, like, playing around. He's not even looking at him. He's just, like, toying with him. So now if you do it on the other end, I mean, the only reason to do this is to level it out and let Conor McGregor win a fight.
4: Which he inevitably would.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason to do it. I think ultimately at the end of the day, if you continue to go to this trick, it's like when Rocky fought, fought the Hulk in, in Rocky it, like That's the kind of spectacle this is, where it's like if you continue to do this, what you are doing, Dana White, is telling your audience that my sport cannot stand on its own, that we cannot farm stars of our own, and that we have to rely on this. Well, that's all fine and good, but what happens when you run out of those? Because how many fighters are going to be willing to do this? How many boxers are going to be willing to do this? And how many UFC guys are going to be willing to go the other way?
4: I mean, how many boxers have the name of Floyd Mayweather? None. None. I mean, you can't... can't, Mainstream America could, could not name another boxer. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if you do
3: this, you're just setting yourself up for failure in the end.
4: The fact that Mayweather is so exceptionally popular that's the thing that makes me if this was any other boxer right. if this was any other boxer I would be like yeah dude you're right you are making it a joke the fact that it's so many eyeballs it was such a big success the first time I I, I, I see him doing it you know what I mean like I at least I guess I can see why UFC would do it I can't see why why uh, why Floyd Mayweather would do it
3: yeah, I don't understand why Floyd would want to do that either. I know a lot of a lot of people want to see that Paulie Malonaji fight with Conor McGregor cuz that was like one of his sparring partners and there was video of Conor like beating him up and like all that stuff. I just I don't think Paulie's got the name, dude. Like I don't Ooh, think it matters. people don't care. people don't care about Paulin you know Paulie Malonaji. I'll tell you dude, I think the UFC is getting really lucky right now. Like I said you're getting a good TJ Dillashaw fight coming up. You're getting Stipe versus Daniel Cormay. One that's going to be one of the best heavyweight fights you've seen in a little while. Really good I think Stipe wins again So now you got that And even Joe Rogan The dude, the commentator For the UFC Has been saying Multiple times Over the last few weeks Why are we not Pushing Stipe to the front That it, he said The same thing I said Which is Dude you got a part time Firefighter out there Blue collar kid As a matter of fact One of the guys he has On his show all the time Joey Diaz Always calls it Immigrant mentality Always has that out there And they, like, that's what makes Stipe great And I would agree I would agree, and that there's a lot of storylines there to turn that guy into a massive star. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, Jeremy writes in and says, I don't mean to correct you, but the NWO started out with two guys, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Right. When their then WWF contracts ended, they invaded WCW and claimed, right? So this is where
4: the big boys play, huh? That's that's where then the outsiders came in and then the nwo really got going when and Hulk he, hogan joined
3: he says then the bash at the beach in 1996 yeah. was when hogan took his big heel turn yeah other nwa members nwo members sorry later included scott sider ted mm-hmm. dibiase mm-hmm. the giant buff fagball scott Norton, mm-hmm. rick
4: brood randy macho man 7. dude seriously everyone dude
3: this guy is going nuts with this
4: yeah by the time it was all said and done everyone was in the nwo I'm sorry, you even had the luchador version of the
3: NWO, mm-hmm. the Latino World Order by, mm-hmm. led by Eddie Guerrero. It was then revealed that the general manager of WCW1, Mr. Eric Bischoff, was behind the creation of the NWA, uh, NWO from the start. And Jeremy says, it was and still is, in my opinion, the greatest storyline in professional wrestling. This is my least favorite day I've ever had on the radio. <laughs> Eric Bischoff professional wrestling executive legend joins the show 9am your shot of Kid Rock tickets and the reason to never turn on the news ever again next on Rock 106.9 Dan Stansberry and his
2: boy wonder Matt Fantone at last two heroes The Stansberry Show Rock 106 Knock 106.9
3: Welcome back to The Stansberry Show we're on Rock 106.9 we're also online at WRQK.com. Bless you there, family. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy.
4: You've had the sniffles for a while. I don't it? know what it is. I don't think I'm sick, but man, I got the sneezes like none other. the allergies or
3: what? Maybe it's something in here.
4: Maybe, uh, maybe jumping into a lake tomorrow morning will be the thing that clears it right up. Oh, God damn it. That's happening tomorrow, my I friend. I forgot about that. I know that. you did. I forgot about that. The polar bear plunge, the mm-hmm. Jackson
3: polar plunge mm-hmm. tomorrow. Was it 2.30, you and I?
4: 2.15, you and I are going in the drink,
3: buddy. 2.15, we yeah. jump. Is it a dock? Do we, do we jump off a dock? I
4: do not know what the setup is. I mean, I know it's on that little beach right there. I don't know if we're running and jumping or if we're just, like, trotting in there. Dude, but, that uh,
3: viral video of you jumping in the water. And cartoon smoke coming from my feet as I'm running back to my car is going to be awesome. The amount of retweets that'll get. We're going viral tomorrow, man. No, but I, uh, I am going to jump in this freezing cold body of water. I said I would. I don't know why the hell I said I would. I don't, don't know what it. I was thinking. Nobody even asked me. I was just, Nobody. okay, I'll do it.
4: That was dumb. Uh, it's it's all for a good cause though. I'm um, going to support Project Rebuild, a group that I am very closely associated with. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess that's great. <laughs> they give they give opportunity to young adults who have found themselves in a perilous situation in Canton. And I know so many people who like, oh, good kids today, man. These young adults, they suck, they're terrible. Blah, blah 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 Um Project Rebuild gives those kids the opportunity to prove otherwise. So a very worthy cause. If you want to make a donation on either Stansbury's behalf or my behalf, you can do so at WRQK.com.
3: Yeah, one of my friends was hit me up all day yesterday during the show. She's like, I donated money. You're jumping That's- your fat ass in that yeah lake. you are. Have you decided on an outfit yet, yeah, buddy? Uh, swim trunks and a t-shirt. Okay. All right. My girlfriend
4: was asking me, she's like, What is Stansberry wearing? I'm like, I don't know what he's wearing. I kinda wanna get the Santa suit going. Yeah, maybe, dude. Maybe I, that's the way to go. I, I, I people do do weird costumes oh, for Oh, I'm it. sure, right. Like some people will go and they'll be like the Ninja Turtles. Some people will go and they'll be like, you know, stormtroopers or stuff stuff like that. So oh. people people do costumes for these. Now I wanna do that. I was gonna say, I don't know, I mean, maybe get that Santa costume. Big guy jumping in the lake.
3: Now I wanna do that. Uh you know who else is out there doing good for uh for their community right now? Is that our good buddy Keith Kennedy, we like to give him a lot of grief here, but dude, we are... uh, Chubbs. He's in
4: a charity event, he can't be that mad at me.
3: Dude, he... I I used to call him (laughs) Chubbs all the time. And the one time we were in his office and he like slammed the door, he's like, quit calling me Chubbs, you disrespectful dick! And then like... (laughs) And then everybody on Twitter started calling him Chubbs, and it just, dude, it created like a lot of hell in my life. Got bad. But yeah, dude, he is... uh, We used to call him O Chubby One Kenobi. (laughs) Because he's just, he is. And I think Chubbs is the greatest name ever. Like, if I ever had to move out of Canton and yeah. do radio again, Chubbs, Chubbs is the it is. name. All yeah, right. That's Chubb, not, It's not bad. Chubbs is the name for sure. It's, Short, easy to remember. It's better than Lunchbox or Meat <laughs> or like the Big Bull. Yeah, my buddy's Meat. Or like, I, I remember in Cincinnati back in the day, they used to have a really good, actually he was really good. They had a night guy from 7 to Midnight who went by the name of Puddin. My name is Puddin, and Puddin was really good. He was actually a really good night guy. Um, it was a really strange name, but really good uh, you know, dude on the radio there. A little bit better
4: than what's happening right now, I suppose.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but Keith Kennedy, uh, they're, at, uh, they're at Akron uh, j- they're Children's, at Hospital. Children's Hospital, Akron right? Akron
4: Children's Hospital right now doing their radiothon. I know they raised a, a lot of money yesterday, but... It was over $100,000 yesterday. Yeah, Akron it? Children's Hospital, I-, I tweeted this and I really do mean it. If you just mention that organization in a crowded room in Northeast Ohio, inevitably somebody's going to be like, Oh my God, they helped my nephew so much. Or my grandson, or my child, or whatever the case is there. Um. So you know, help them help the kids today.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Keith Kennedy and uh, and his partner Captain Tony out there doing that. So if you're in the Akron area, maybe swing by and uh, call Keith Kennedy Chubs to his face. Yeah. Yeah. Get me fired. On, yeah. <laughs> get Who me cares. fired on your way to work. Friday. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. All right. So, I read this article and it's very, very long. And I don't, we obviously do not have enough time to break it all the way down. Okay. But there's an article in TheGuardian.com that is making the claim that you should give up the news for good. Probably should. And they say news is bad for you, and giving up reading the news will make you happier. I would agree with that. There's, now I know what people are going to say. Well, what? then I'm just gonna be missing. I'm not I'm gonna be, you know, it, I'm not gonna be informed. And I and they make the argument in this article. We'll get to it that the news doesn't inform you anyway. So making that argument makes no sense in the world. You're not being informed by the news anyway. Doesn't matter, right? And I would agree. I think I say this about technology when, do When I go on vacation, I really try to limit this. Now I didn't so much at Christmas because it had been a while since I had seen my family. I wanted to be taking photos. I wanted to be doing that kind of stuff. Wanted to share with you guys and that kind of stuff because I don't get to see those people a lot. And I know a lot of people like some you know behind the scenes access to, to stuff. So I tried to do a little bit of that through the holiday break. Um, but outside of that, I really do try to like set my phone down and stay away from this stuff because it just makes me so negative. And I always tell people all the time, like, it's my job to read every horrible story there is. And so sometimes it's just like, oh my God, dude, enough is enough. But they're making this solely about the news. And they say here, here's a couple of reasons why you should be running away from the news. Okay. Again, I've been on this. Everybody laughs at the fake news moniker. Brian Williams back on TV today. The news misleads you. It takes, uh, they say you can take an event here, and it would be about a car on a bridge that collapsed, and the news would make it about the car, not necessarily about the state of the bridge and the state of the other bridges you may use. And they say the car's flashy and it's got a cool color, so they make the story about the car, not the bridge, which the news does do that. Okay. They also say the news is irrelevant. Out of the 10,000 news stories, that you read in the last year, that's what they average. Like the average, like, news person will read 10,000 news stories. By news person, I mean people who are interested in the news. That you read about 10,000 news stories in the last year. They say, name one that because you consumed it allowed you to make a better, more serious decision about a, about, a, about a situation affecting your life. And they said, if you can't name that, then the news isn't doing what you need it to be doing for you, and I would have to agree with that.
4: you think having perspective on a bigger picture outside of your day to day life is a, is is like inherently bad I don't know if people are getting that perspective is my thing with i mean by 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 not by not engaging in anything, you're definitely not getting it right
3: yeah but if you're if you're if, if you're taking all the information in and you're still not walking away from it, you're going to be a happy person than just staying all the way away from it. Because all you're doing then is
4: making yourself angry on every, a little bit every single day. I, I To me, like, I, I'd rather be informed and angry than I- ignorant and, and blissful.
3: Yeah, but I think you are exactly who they're talking about here. Which is, you definitely read 10,000 articles last oh. year, for sure. But which one of those helped you make a better, more informed decision for your life?
4: I think I think all of them, I mean, even the ones that I don't necessarily agree with or that I didn't necessarily find to be relevant or even even accurate, I think all of them did in the sense of like me having a a lot of different perspectives on things me having a lot of different, uh, you know, reading and kind of like expanding things and how I view it. I I think that makes me who who I am. So I I think all of them.
3: I read more, way more than 10,000 news articles last year. Not one of those things changed my life at all. Not one of those things helped me make a more informed decision on what I was doing. Not a single article I read during the election cycle changed my mind about who I was voting for. I knew who I was voting for from the beginning, voted for that person, and moved on. Nothing was going to sway me. Nothing was going to do that. They also say that news is toxic to your body. It will constantly trigger the limbic system, panicky stories spur the release of cascades of cortisol in your brain, and it deregulates your immune system and inhibits the release of growth hormones. In other words, your body finds itself in a state of chronic chronic stress. That all it does is stressing your body out. They also say here that news has no explanation power whatsoever. News items are bubbles popping up on the surface of a deeper world. They say it will help you pull in more facts, but you don't fully understand the world. So the relationship is inverted. The important stories are non-stories, slow, powerful movements that develop below the journalist's radar but have a transforming effect. The more news factoids you digest, the less of the big picture you will understand.
4: How do I see that
3: big picture, though? I think they're making the claim here, Fantone, that no matter what... You can't that either you're the person who does it or you're the person who doesn't. And that nu- that that by consuming more news, you aren't becoming the person who understands more things.
4: Um, I, I guess at that point, I mean, if if neither way is going to work, I'm going to side. I'm going err on the side of like a bigger picture of I mean, at least.
3: But they're saying here, Fantone, that most people are not walking away with the bigger picture.
4: So no matter what, you can't do it. So just they're
3: saying most people don't have it in them to be able to grasp everything, to grab the bigger picture, which, of course, we all know is true. What does every single American say? Most Americans are dumb. So somebody somewhere saying that about you. That's what we all say about Americans, right? Well, I mean, most people are dumb. That's what we all say. They also say news inhibits thinking. Thinking requires concentration. Concentration requires uninterrupted time. News pieces are specifically engineered to interrupt you. They are like viruses that steal attention for their own purposes. News makes us shallow thinkers, but it's worse than that. They say news severely affects your memory. There are two types of memory. Long range. The long range memory's capacity is nearly infinite, but working memory is limited to a certain amount of slippery data. The path from short-term to long-term memory is a choke point in the brain. But anything you want to understand must pass through it. If this passageway is then disrupted, nothing gets through. But because news disrupts your concentration, it weakens comprehension. Online news has an even worse impact, of course it does. And a 2001 study by two scholars in Canada showed that comprehension declines as the number of hyperlinks in a document increases. Why? They say because whenever a link appears, your brain your brain, sorry, has to at least make the choice to to click or not click, which in itself is distracting you from what it is you were reading. And that makes all the sense in the world.
4: If 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 that link is sourcing the information and saying hey this is you know this is the original source material of it isn't that a further uh, an opportunity for you to further understand
3: again you're making the claim you're making the assumption that that people can grasp that and that they are that that they're comprehending that and they're saying here that they aren't that basically all you're doing is putting your brain on a side spin and you don't even remember what you were reading in the first place now you're on this hyperlink and now you got this narrative versus fact and that most of the stuff and they're making this claim in here, too, which is, again, this is the Guardians, the case, same kind of place that will tell you Trump's hysterical for saying fake news. But everything in here is all them telling me about how the news isn't all the ultimately not all that real. And they says news will ultimately kill your creativity. They says things we already know limit our creativity. This is one reason that mathematicians, novelists, composers and entrepreneurs offer often produce their most creative works at a young age. The brain then enjoys a wide, uninhibited space that emboldens them to come up and pursue novel ideas. And I would agree with that. I was what I always say is that you get more conservative and you get more like staunch in your beliefs the older you get and you get less receptive to more outside thought. And that the news and first of all, and here's the part they don't even get into here is what do people do when they want their news? They go to the news source they know is biased towards what they want to hear. So ultimately, are you really informing yourself? No, you're just reinforcing the thing that you want to hear. Look at dude, look at CNN versus Fox News, Fox News. Those two things are telling you the same story and yet so drastically different that there's no way either one of them are right. They're so drastically on their side and not showing you even a little bit of what's in the middle of that. There's no possible way that that's accurate. I'm telling you right now, this is, I've been on this for years. I have been on this for years that the world was better off when only serious people were engaged. Now we have a nation full of people telling us that they're engaged who secretly are not. And it has led us to this and it has led us to what is happening now in this country. It's because everybody has got their voice because the internet gave it to you. That's Wrong. It should not be that way. And as a matter of fact, I had a listener say this to me the other day via Twitter, and I thought it was so smart. He said, dude, you've been on this for a while, that you think social media is going to eat itself. And he goes, my opinion is that the social media, pe- people leaving social media will essentially be the cord cutters of the future. And he's so So right about that, that in the end, you're going to end up running away from this stuff because it's doing more harm than good to you. And everybody always likes to tell me, oh, you're not putting the pace back in the tube. And I made this point yesterday, and I'll make it again today. You can turn on VH1 and watch I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s, and you're going to see a list full of things that people would have thought there's no way in the world I could ever live without this. And social media will be one of those in the future. The news has been always will be 100%, not 100%. The news has always been biased and fake. It will never be anything but that. Who owns these companies? Who owns the airwaves? Follow the money. The money will always tell you what the agenda is. Follow the money. More Stansberry Show and Kid Rock tickets right around the corner. Hang on.
2: The Stansbury Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.
3: Rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9 Pass out those Kid Rock tickets here in a while I think people understood what the meaning of this article where people were telling you not to not to consume as much news is, is that ultimately you're being misled by these things. So it's not ultimately serving you any better. And more often than not, you're just digesting things that you already agree with. And so what they're saying is, is that you are going to be a happier person if you stay away from this stuff mostly. And that most there is no non-biased news source out there. There is not one. People will tell me NPR, if you really listen to NPR, they end up being left of center. They end up being a little left of center, which is why people like Fantone and I like it, because that's what we want. That's who we are. Fantone's further left than I am, but I am left of center. I'm more centrist than anything, but I'm a little left of center. I believe in picking other people off off the ground and that whole thing. I'm for it. But nobody's unbiased. Come on.
4: Like, you can't be that naive. So doesn't that mean that instead of just ignoring everything, that you should consume more and and, tr- and get out of what your lane of comfort is? I- they're saying a
3: we they know people don't do that we've seen it we've had the internet long enough now to know that people don't do that okay and so that yes what they're saying here again you guys you got to realize they're talking to everybody there are going to be some of you who are hearing this that this is not true of of course like any other study you would not fit the parameters of said study but you cannot make the argument that most people uh, like let's take immigration for example right that's the big story Build the wall, don't build the wall. Immigration's the big story. Been all over the news for 15 months. Do most people have a better working knowledge of immigration today than they did before? No, like, dude, do you have any idea the complexities of an arms treaty with another nation? 20 seconds or a half an article at CNN.com is not going to have your mind wrapped around an arms treaty. The complexities that go into that. Most of us honestly are not at the end of the day smart enough to really understand. We're not. We like to pretend we are because in this country, we will knock people if they're not like the brightest of the bright. But most people don't have the capacity to ingest this stuff and to fully understand it. So ultimately, all they're saying is at the end of the day, you are reading all this stuff. You're not retaining any of the information. And ultimately, you're just making yourself a little bit more angry every day. Now, I understand it's not true of every single person listening right now, and so apparently I have to say that and walk you all the way through it.
4: So should we not do news?
3: I think w- the way we do news in this country needs to be looked at.
4: I'm saying like like shows like ours. Like, should we just, I mean...
3: I Dude, what have I been saying? That, dude, back in the day, r- FM radio shows didn't do this. They didn't get political. They stayed as far away from it as humanly possible, and they swam in the shallow end of the pool. And what were things then? Better. Better. Everybody wants to be more engaged. The problem is, you're not. We're just all acting more engaged. My hand's up too. I'm not knocking you. I'm throwing myself in here. But d- d- we all pretend because we share. Dude, everything for the last three years has been people share articles without reading them. So are we consuming more? Are we reading more? Are we more engaged? Are we more educated? Why, if we have more information than ever before, does it feel like we're, we're dumber than we've ever been?
4: So, how did people have that information years past? I mean, how is it better then than it is now? I'm,
3: dude, you got to remember, I'm the guy that makes the claim that the news has never been better than it is right now.
4: I, 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 I just have a hard time going with the side of like, well, if I can't do it, if I can't do it all, I'm not going to do it at all. Like, I mean, yes, I mean, could we all do a better job of, 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 of vetting sources and could we all do a better job of doing more in depth research? Of what's course. The, what's
3: the benefit of reading an article on immigration that's not factual?
4: Well, you, if, if, if you have information in front of you that you have, have, have researched and found to be unfactual, don't trust that news source anymore. I agree with that 100%.
3: Well, then I think that needs to be true of all the major news sources, bro, because they've all been caught telling stories that aren't true. All of them. They've all been caught using non-source material. All of them. It's just at the end of the day, this is what the American public does. I'll excuse CNN because I like them or I'll excuse Fox News because I like them. I'll excuse MSNBC because who tries to pretend like they're the one in the middle of those two, which is ridiculous. They're nowhere even close to that. They're all biased. All of them. And so it's just confirmation bias. It's all it is. And all they're saying is, is that should you be interested in stuff that's going on around you? Yes. But ultimately, you're reading 10,000 articles on average, and you have retained zero of that information. So what they're saying, again, slowly, for the people who aren't getting it, is that you are making yourself angry day by day. And then at the end of the year, you have no more collection of knowledge than you had prior to this year. That's all it said. But see, what's happening now is people feel attacked. And that's why I'm getting pushback. Is people feel attacked by this information of, well, that's not true of me. And automatically your defense is up. And I would say to you, if you really are getting defensive over what you are hearing right now and what I read from The Guardian word from word to you, this is not me, I'm reading this to you, if you are getting defensive about that, it's because you maybe feel inside that they're just this amount of right about it, right? And maybe that's why you feel attacked, and maybe that's why you feel like you gotta lash out, and maybe that's why you have to feel like you gotta tell me you're the person that this isn't true of. Maybe because you feel attacked, and maybe you know it's warranted a little. And that's all they're saying. That is all they're saying. You don't understand immigration any more today than you did a year and a half ago. You know that's true. You know it. Kid Rock tickets up for grabs. He's playing 24th at the Q. Let's take caller 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. And we'll talk to Eric Bischoff next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome to the Very Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. Can be found everywhere on iHeartRadio. As a matter of fact, we'll send you out to Los Angeles here momentarily for the 2018 iHeartRadio Awards. However, before we get to that, we've been promoing it all morning. And it's because Fantone's the most excited I've ever seen (laughs) him in my life. In town for the Cleveland Knights Championship Wrestling pay-per-view event tonight in Parma is legendary professional wrestling executive Eric Bischoff, and he's joining the Ray Show right now. Eric, I know you had a late flight last night. I know you got in early. I appreciate you taking the time to spend with us this morning, man. I really do.
0: Oh, no, I'm glad to be here. What I'm really glad about is being in my hotel room and not outside, man, it looks like it's cold and nasty out there. It is cold and nasty
3: out there. I uh, I, I do want to talk to you. I, I've got plenty of wrestling questions for you. I, if, dude, I the guy I do the show with, my co-host here, Fantone, biggest wrestling fan you'll ever meet in your life. However, I saw you on Twitter last night mixing it up with the Canadians, dude, talking about how all they have is lumber and whiskey. It's all they brought to the party.
0: Well, it's true, though. I mean, if you think about I mean, they have they have great walleye fishing in Canada as well, so that, i got to be careful about not Canada too much. Cause I don't mind going up there to fish every once in a while, but you know when you think about Canada, it's it's a, it's a country with a population that's you know less than the state of California. Probably eighty percent of the people from Canada live within twenty miles of the United States border, and the entire country is dependent upon the United States for its economy. Jeez. Other than that, you know, other than that, it's 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 a it's a great little country. I like I like
3: it. I uh, I like the whiskey. I'll give you that. The lumber's not the lumber. Also, is good. But Eric Bischoff, you cannot discount Canada's contributions to your very own your very own business. Brett the Hitman, hard baby, came out of Canada, <laughs> did he not?
0: There you go. Here, here's the guy who, has, as the champion of the WWE WWF at the time when he was there, um, was it, is it, while Brett was champion, it was the least successful period of time in the WWF wow. history. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look at, at, you know, WWF's, you know, ratings and revenue and, you know, uh, pay-per-view buy rates, you know, merchandise sales, all of those things, that period of time where, you know, Brett was the lead dog was the least successful time. In WWF's history, so I guess that kind of speaks for itself.
4: <laughs> the mid nineties, the mid nineties were a tough time for WWF at the time. I don't think there's any. That's denying. because of Bret Hart. it was it was an awkward transition there, and and I think you know Vince found himself in a funny situation. And I'm glad we have this as a transition point because I think the reason that all changed is Eric Bischoff. And you can give a lot of credit of the Attitude Era, the golden era of wrestling, in my opinion, to Stone Cold Steve Austin. You can give a lot of it to Vince McMahon, but really really at the end of the day, I think Eric Bischoff deserves a lot of the credit for the greatest moments in pro wrestling history just because you were the one who challenged Vince. You were the one who made him do better. You were the one who was in direct competition with him and actually defeated Vince McMahon uh, in professional wrestling at his own game right there. What was that like for you when you finally got one up on him?
0: Well, I mean, the entire—in all seriousness, it's fun to bash Canada because it's so easy. And Bret Hart is—you know—it's like you know, kicking a crippled puppy. But (laughs) um, you know, it—it was—it was was a fun time, and it was great to be a part of that because the energy was so high. You know, watching professional wrestling—you know, professional wrestling's been around since the mid '50s on on television. You know, but going back to the Dumont Network in Chicago. You know, professional wrestling has always been on the the television landscape, and has always been you know one of the leading genres, if you will, in in televised entertainment. But that period of time in the late '90s, when both companies were going head to head, you know, it was it was such a big part of mainstream entertainment. Everybody was talking about professional wrestling, and to be a part of that, you know, the energy was so high, the awareness was so high, you know, the audiences for both shows were you know invested in the product. You know, watching talent going back and forth between the two companies. Were, you know, people were more interested in what was going on behind the scenes in professional wrestling than sometimes they were what was going on, you know, on, on television. It was great.
4: I, uh, I think that uh, that concept um, of guys wanting to take a look behind the scenes has really kind of exploded in the digital era and, and, and you know, since 2000s.
3: You could make the argument that professional wrestling, as a guy who I kind of knock it occasionally, Eric, as we're talking to Eric Bischoff, you could make the argument. That professional wrestling birthed reality television.
4: Yeah, I think you, 100%. You
3: could definitely make that argument.
0: Yeah, you know, in, in the world of television, you know, they refer to reality television as different things. You know, it first, when, it, when it first made the scene in the, in the late 90s, I believe, you know, it was called, you know, reality television. But they wanted to kind of change the perception of it. So it's now referred to as unscripted. And professional wrestling really was one of the first unscripted, or here's another term that they like to use, alternative television. You know, professional wrestling was the very first, you know, alternative television product out there. It's not really drama. It's not really comedy. It's not really a sport, but it's really kind of all of the above. It's a little bit of everything. And it really was kind of the the precursor, if you will, to, as you refer to it, reality television or unscripted television.
3: As we're talking to Eric Bischoff, legendary wrestling executive, let me ask you something. How do you spot the next star? Like, what what is it about guys like Hogan and Flair and, like, the bigger names in the business? Like, does it just jump off of them or does it have to be cultivated?
0: Yeah, um, Yeah. It depends. You know, everybody's different. But, it, you know, wrestling is no different than music or acting or sports. Uh, well, it's different than sport in, in many respects. But, you know, it, there, there's a it, – it's, it's called the it factor. You know what I mean? It's that one kind of intangible, kind, kind of hard-to-articulate quality that certain people just have that makes them not only stand out in professional wrestling – but, you know, when they walk into a room, they kind of stand out. Or if they step in front of a board meeting, they just have that certain thing that makes them different than everybody else. Charisma. Yeah, sort of they, they, yeah, it's charisma. And, you know, you have to have the ability, you, know, you have to have great athletic ability, obviously. You have to have the ability to tell a story in the ring. Um, you know, if you go to a Broadway play, actors and actresses use dialogue and, and body language to help create a character and tell a story But in professional wrestling, that dialogue is a physical dialogue that kind of manifests inside that 20-by-20 ring. And you suck people in. You you get them to invest emotionally based on the physical drama that they're seeing in the ring. So obviously the athletic skill that goes along with that um, is important. But once a, a, a talent steps outside of the ring... They have to be able to connect to the audience with a microphone. They have to look into that camera so and make you so believe what they're saying is real, right. and get you to invest in that. So it's a combination of a lot of things, really.
4: Yeah, and I, I think grit plays a really big part in that too. Just in the sense of you look back at guys like Stone Cold, you look back at guys like The Rock. I really, you can name any of the major superstars of forever. My and, skills nailed and, it. Well, and, and, and but in the beginning, those guys all were in a bum situation. Those guys all had to come over a bag. Bad, you know what was a bad character, a bad something, and still put themselves out there time and time again. So yes, it's God given ability, and yes it's in ring talent, and yes it's charisma, but it's also failing, 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 and getting back up every single time. I mean, There's still hope for me, I, dude. I, I, I don't mean to be all John Cena on everybody, but never giving up. I mean that's a huge part, at least what I view in in, in a good pro wrestler, right that's there. Um, Eric Bischoff, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of guys listening right now probably had an era of pro wrestling that they were into. Maybe it was the Hogan era, maybe it was before that maybe it was the attitude error, maybe it was the ruthless aggression maybe it was wcw A million different ways you could go but let's talk about the, the the product right now not only the wwe but i mean i think i think things like lucha underground new japan pro wrestling and certainly the independent scene um have all kind of blown up in the past five years uh what do you say to guys who who used to watch wrestling have stepped away w- from it why would they come back right now
1: Wow, you know,
0: it, I guess it depends why they, they, they walked away from it. But I, I think one of the things that I've noticed, or I am noticing, uh, because I, 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 we see it every single day, every single week when we watch it on television, the athleticism, the, the, the phenomenal skill and abilities of talent today, much because of the influences of the organizations that you referred to. You know, the Japanese influence on the product today is undeniable. The Lucha influence on the product that we see today uh, has been undeniable since probably the mid-'90s, really, when Rey Mysterio and the Luchadores first started really making their, their presence felt here in the United States. And the audience loves it. And I, and I think when you watch professional wrestling today, you see athletes that are so superior uh, to, to what they were you know, back in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s or the 60s. I grew up watching wrestling as a kid in Detroit. And, you know, the product today is not even close to what it was back then.
3: I would agree. So I, just, I would
0: agree. The, I mean, sheer the, the sheer athleticism is phenomenal. And the, just the overall talent, you know, the, the, the character, the acting ability. I mean, look, we've got, you know, Rock is the highest paid, you know, actor in the world. You've got John Cena making his way in the movie. Dave, Dave Batista is doing great in the world of feature films. Uh, Chris Jericho, I mean, you talk about, and I know he's from Canada, and, you know, he's the aberration in my, my perspective. But, you know, Chris Jericho is, he is a guy, you know, he, he, he's, he's got a great music career. He reinvents himself, you know, in in the professional wrestling industry. Anytime he decides he wants to step back into the ring, he creates another character that, that resonates with the audience. That, that's a lot of talent. So there's a lot of reasons to watch wrestling. Plus, it's just it's that... It's you know when you sit down and you watch wrestling you're not thinking about politics you're not thinking about you know your your job and all the pressures of life you just get to escape and kind of live vicariously through these larger than life characters that we see each and every week on on Monday Night Raw or Smackdown
3: we're talking to Eric Bischoff legendary Uh, professional wrestling executive, and he's in town for the Cleveland Knights Championship Wrestling pay-per-view event. That's tonight in Parma. We'll have a family four-pack of tickets here for you momentarily. You bring up the politics thing, and uh, and you bring up escape. And a lot of people have been talking about that with sports recently. Like, I just watch sports to escape. I don't care about this kneeling stuff. I just want to watch football games. And yet, when I think about wrestling as a guy who no longer really consumes it a lot, is that when I was growing up, the politics were a big part of it, right? Because it was the American versus, who was the big Russian guy back in the day? Nikolai I, I, Volkov. Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. That, that politics actually played a very big role in, in at least that storyline there. That And again, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, because I, really, I, I haven't really consumed it as much lately. But you would think with as polarizing as that stuff has been recently, that more of that would be making its way in there. I'm surprised that hasn't done that.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good point. But I mean, look, I've I've been joking around with Canada, you know, and largely because some of the guys that I'm going to be working with tonight here in Cleveland at Championship Wrestling, they call themselves, you know, it's Team Storm, and they they use the Canadian flag as kind of their oh, brand yeah. <laughs> statement. So that I'm just having fun with, oh, okay. with Canadian, except for Bret Hart. I <laughs> I, I, I truly am. I, I really am picking Dude, up Bret Hart, the but, stuff.
4: Team Storm, <laughs> Team Storm, certainly a uh, young up and comer,s Jack Polick and Jackson Argos and R.C. Dupree. I mean, all three of those guys trained by Lance Storm and proudly represent the Canada. So, no, Eric, we're glad to have you, you know, getting the USA on your back right there. Um, one of the things, one of the stories that has been big in politics recently, and it leads me into a good question here, the Me Too movement, which is essentially women coming out against sexual harassment. Um, is there concern in the wrestling community of years past or currently? I mean, I know they're focused very much on this women's revolution but do you think that like hey behavior in the 80s this is inevitably coming for our business
0: yikes could be oh i'm not you know i mean obviously i'm not in the business anymore so i'm not too worried about it but (laughs) um look there's uh, i i think in every aspect of our life this me too movement and 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 society in general not just the me too movement but everybody's kind of reevaluating you know the the way they handle themselves, or the way they conduct themselves, not only in business but in in society. And I think there's probably a little bit of an overcorrection, if I may be so bold, in terms of kind of going back and I judging like people today by standards that existed, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred years ago. I think it's a little ridiculous to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have to respect each other. We have to. You know, be be aware that we, we we can't take advantage of each other or discriminate against each other for different reasons. But I, I think to a certain degree, there's a lot of, you know, people that are using the Me Too movement. And what was really born out of the Harvey Weinstein situation, they're using it to get attention for themselves. And I think there's a little bit of a backlash that's going to take place, and it's a little—it's—it's it's scary. I'm just glad I'm not running a company right now and don't have to worry about it too much.
3: I—I uh, I, I would agree that there there th- that that there are people running companies right now that are going to be put in the crosshairs, for sure. Another big thing happening with uh with your old rival Vince McMahon, and then I know you ended up you know working with him. Is Vince is moving into the football thing again? He's going to go XFL again. And we saw this happen last time, really kind of fizzled out. i thought, I thought he pretty much got into it a little too fast, did not take his time. he's going to take two years. Do you see this thing being viable?
0: You know I don't know i'm not a, I'm not a sports executive and I, and I don't live in, in and die by you know professional sports, but here's what i here's what I do now as a fan and i I now consider myself a kind of a peripheral fan okay. I, you know i'll watch I'll watch NFL if I've got nothing better to do but I'm certainly not as passionate about it as I was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. One is I've just gotten a little bit older. My interests are different. I live out in Wyoming. I moved out there because oh, I like to ride there. the horse. I like to ride my Harley. I like to spend as much time in the mountains as I can. The last thing I'm going to do is plant my you know, rear end in front of a television on a nice you know, September, October, you know, Sunday afternoon and watch television. But, that, but, but aside from my personal you know, lifestyle choices, I think there's so much there's so much football. You've got football all day Sunday. You've got football Monday night. You've got football Thursday night. And when we're not watching football on television, you've got people talking about football. You know, 24 hours a day. And I think you know, even if you're a hardcore football fan, you kind of get oversaturated to a point. That's one issue. I think free agency is another one. You know, when I grew up, you know, I grew up in Detroit, you know, Pittsburgh. You know, teams would stay together. You know, players would stay on the teams that they were, they were on. Wow. They got drafted by for a long period of time. Right. They'd become a right. part of the community and a part of the brand. Now with free agency, you got, you know, players moving around so fast you can't keep track of them. And on top of that, to exacerbate that, you've got the NFL now moving teams around, you know, the chessboard. For the life of me, I'm going to have to tattoo it on the inside of my hand you know, to get myself to say Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, it, it, just, it doesn't, just doesn't roll off the tongue. So I think when you've got players that are moving all over the league, you know, so regularly, you've got teams that are moving around all over the place, and, and as a result of that, the teams kind of lose their legacy in a way. A little bit, yeah. To the, to the community that, that people associate them with. I think all of that is is a reason why, the NFL is vulnerable. know. Vince McMahon, is a brilliant guy, if he can figure out a way to take advantage of that and exploit that vulnerability and the weakness in the NFL brand, then, you know, he'll be successful. If not, he won't. The one thing that I, I concern myself with, and a, a lot of this has to do with, again, overexposure and just dilution, is, you know, our culture, we, 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 we grow up knowing that in the springtime, you know, you, you, you get into the NBA playoffs, and, but you're really looking forward to, to Major League Baseball. It's a summertime sport. And then when that's over with, you get, you get excited about, you know, football. And, you know, for those of you in, listening in Canada, you get excited about hockey <laughs> or whatever. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and then, of course, in the wintertime, you've got the NBA. But it, it's a seasonal sport. And for, you know, Vince McMahon to kind of launch the NFL on the heels of the NFL, the regular NFL season, and all of the interest in the Super Bowl and all that, that's, that I think is going to be the biggest challenge. How do you get people to get excited about football? after the football
3: season. I would agree. We're talking to Eric Bischoff, who is in town for the Cleveland Knights Championship Wrestling Pay-Per-View event tonight. That's in Parma. You can also, again, pay-per-view it. If I have the website right, it is F-I-T-E dot T-Y, and you can buy that event for 14 99 or you can go as we have a four-pack of tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. Eric, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for taking some time with us this morning. We really do appreciate it.
0: All right, great to be with you guys. Go Canada! <laughs>
3: We'll talk to you next time. Uh, that's Eric Bischoff there. We will send caller number 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625 to the Cleveland Knights Championship Wrestling event tonight in Parma. More Sandsbury Show next. Hang on. Your shot
2: at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword WIN to 200 You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Six, nine.
3: Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 online for you WRQK.com if you missed I'm sorry if you, if, if, if you missed the Eric Bischoff interview you'll be able to podcast that shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com he was good dude he was he was good Um, there, there was a little bit of me that it's not going to lie right now that when he started to say that some of the people coming forward in these Me Too allegations are doing it to Get exposure for themselves. I was like, "Oh, do we struck gold?" Like, dude, like when, some, when somebody when somebody steps in it like that a little bit on your air, it's like, "Oh, oh, this may be a moment." Oh
4: yeah, one hundred percent. I mean,
3: this may be a moment.
4: I, you know, not to not to say I was kind of trying to get that 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 reaction from him, but like, I am surprised. With the culture that we live in right now Like, how has Hulk Hogan Not been brought down? How has Randy Savage, you know what I'm saying? Like, dudes from back then I mean, I don't think it's necessarily as it was But, like, you can't tell me If, if this is happening to actors And, act- or, you know, to actors and Hollywood types You are not. You can't tell me the pro wrestlers back in the day Weren't doing that What did Miss Elizabeth deal with? I, you know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta wonder that Yeah, You do gotta wonder that strange i uh i didn't come off too fanboyish did i i don't. I was
3: barely listening I, I got no idea for all i know yes for all i know i have no idea i just was pretending this wasn't happening again i did this for you people i don't i don't i don't know i was just happy i knew bret hart was from canada i was like watch me screw this up and i find out bret hart's from arkansas or something but he was man, he was going hard against the anti-Canada thing yeah. last night. Yeah. Like he was like <laughs> that he was like, you know, all you guys have is lumber and whiskey. And this guy like responds back to him like cuz he doesn't understand he's being like, you know, sarcastic. The guy goes, "Have you never heard of hockey?"
4: And Eric just goes barely.
3: <laughs> I thought it was like one of the best things I've ever seen. I don't care about wrestling at all, but that guy—he is—he's funny. Yeah,
4: it's good stuff, man. That he really was. was. He Take was, him back anytime.
3: He was a good. Uh, yeah, he was a good interview. My uh, a listener of ours, Jerry, reached out, and was like, "Hey, man, I can. You know, I can, I can link this for you. I can set this up for you guys, uh, as he's, uh, you know, one of the orchestrators of the Cleveland Knights." Championship, championship wrestling, wrestling. event there is. tonight. There's in always Parma.
4: championship wrestling at the end. got There's got to be a champion. You know what I mean? No <laughs> matter the league, right? No matter. <laughs> there's there's got to be something. They're all there. champions. Yeah, Ohio championship wrestling. None of them Get are wrestlers. All
3: they're all entertainers. Superstars. They're superstars, super buddy. God, Get it right or pay the damn price.
4: Damn it. Get it right or pay the price. Oh, my
3: God. You know, I. <laughs> here's what I find so interesting about this whole thing. Is that well, A, hey, nothing. But like <laughs> but, but more than that, is like essentially what the WWE is, is theater. And yet yes. if you go see a Broadway yes. play, you're like you're distinguished. Yes. But if you get into this, you're a loser who masturbates too much in your mother's house.
4: Um ever since it was probably in the eighties once WWF had to admit that it was fake and had to admit that these weren't actual matches. Um in the business, the the keeping of that mindset the keeping of trying to keep that farce for the crowd is called kayfabe and when kayfabe died like things changed. and at that point you do have to stop looking at it as a sport and I've look at it that term and look at it as live performance because like i've said this before if they do a very special live episode of the big bang theory people's d's are hard for a month over that like oh my gosh can you believe that sheldon said bazinga live and it's like dude every week, John Cena's out there in the ring live, like, happening. No downtime, no off season, no nothing like that. If you stop looking at it from, well, it's a sport and they're lying to me and you start looking at it from the perspective of a live performance, I think that's when it changed for me.
3: Okay. Um, what is the amount of time spent rehearsing on this stuff? Because um, you're bringing up an interesting point. I'll tell you what's making me go there. Is that you spend a week Of 15 hour days To get SNL ready on Saturday night Yep You spend a week of 15 hour days Just doing every skit Over and over and over again practice it to you Where you can't get it
4: wrong The old Michael Jordan theory, right? And so... Does the WWE do that? Well, a big part of what they'll do, and you'll see it before the big events, like before a pay per view or whatever, um, at their house shows, like let's say, you know, Kevin Owens is fighting, you know, uh, Roman Reigns. Okay. They'll have that match at a house show a couple of times so the guys can kind of like get the kinks worked out in the ring and kind of do all of that. But, I mean, like at the end of the day, It's not like things are 100% scripted in there. There is a decent amount of improv. Now, of course, they've practiced those moves together and they've kind of ran through like, hey, all right, at this point in the match, we're doing this. At this point in the match, we're doing this. But there's a decent amount of like, we're out there together. Are
3: they wearing IFBs in their ears? No. Like a producer or producer cannot instruct while it's live.
4: Referee? we'll have something in his ear. Okay. Referee is the one who's essentially giving the orders of that match. Ah. So if by chance. Now, most times those guys go out there knowing, hey, we've got an eight minute match with a, okay. you know, with X, Y, and Z happening in it. This is what's supposed to happen. But in the, in the sense of like if if Vince gets on that earphone and tells that ref, yo, we got to make an audible here. That's who's the one stretch, who's out there. Stretch. That's, yeah, he's the, the referee is the one out there who's essentially making stuff happen in that sense. And so
3: then when he's like down waiting for your three count, but you only to get to two mm-hmm. He's in your
4: ear Telling you like Dude we need two more of these Right 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 right. We need another four minutes Guys keep it up
3: Oh Man there's a lot of Moving parts in that stuff huh? There is dude There is
4: And then, I mean just the Production value Just look at like The explosions And the big screens And like
3: Dude the techno The technical producer In, in like the broadcast Truck of that thing That has to be a Nightmare of a gig Right
4: yeah. Because you just dude, don't know. Super high-stressful. I mean, super. Dude, you, you, you're sitting there in, with live mics, and you're sitting there with, like, you know, three hours of content coming out in a night. Like
3: When I was growing up watching this stuff, it was a big thing for a guy to come out and, like, trash the city where you were. Oh, yeah. Right, that Cheap was heat. Like, Cheap heat. You know what I mean? Like, that, like that was a big thing. I wonder... Do today's crowds, can they still handle that? Because, again, what's happened now is we've sold everybody on this reality word that now, and again, we deal with this all the time, where people think that every joke you say is your belief system, not just a line that you thought was funny. Like, so... Are they dealing with some of that?
4: Well, you got to remember they want to be bad guys. I mean, the bad guys essentially exist to get the baby faces over. Heels exist to to promote baby faces. Heels and faces. That's what they are right there. Um oh yes, I mean like dudes like dudes like this, there's this one guy Elias like he comes out and he plays the guitar. Dude if I
3: wasn't getting
1: laid tonight, <laughs> I would be so worried about where my life
4: is right now, dude. But like if like let's say they have a let's say they have something in Boston, I can guarantee you that guy will go out and start trash t- trash talking Tom Brady. He'll start trash oh. talking. Talking oh, like yeah? the area, and yeah, I mean, because the Miz is kind of one of those, right? Yep, yep, cheap heat right there. He'll come into Cleveland and talk about how he's the best thing to ever come out of Cleveland, and everything else sucks. Like he's not above saying, like, yo, f Lebron, I'm the dude. Like that's that's kind of wow. you know, it's kind of how it goes right there. Wow, God, even I don't trash Lebron. Oh come on, Stanferry, come on, trash everything
3: else going around <laughs> with him, but never the man himself. We have charge tickets. We'll pass those out as we close out the program. That will be next on Rock 106.9.
2: The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock
1: 106.9. Rock 106.9. And all I gotta say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh God.
3: I I don't have words at all. Oh, my God. Clint Parker. Melinda bro. Baby, I'll
2: be there, and I will mow you down under my tires. I promise that.
0: Friend of mine said to me the other day, "Why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff?" So here goes. It's called
1: "Kick the Dust Up." If if he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I I women! women, women, women,
0: women. And here he is. Having the time of his life <laughs> There's those big brains floating. It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is There's a dirty little secret
1: I've said that if Melinda, Brown darkest, baby If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her But you gotta eat the booty like groceries You gonna die doing this, dumb ass yeah, f- You f***ing fool Open your mouth so I can give you this milk Open your f***ing mouth, man I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby The truth of the matter is You were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my
0: friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper. To be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants, you ain't seen
1: nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. They call her Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. What? Yeah, it's,
3: it's for real, for real, yeah. I've been drinking, huh? You told me to leave while I'm in my order
4: while you're making out with that slut.
1: Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. Bam, all upside his head, just slap the gonna make you slap somebody. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. Can you know, I bring your kids. I, I, had take take off, off, I had to take off my shoes to run. So kiss my black. I am outraged. Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. I would just reiterate that again. Our record's unacceptable, and we accept full responsibility for that. I'm a made man. You don't
2: just get a free pass because you were good at playing tackle in the NFL. Who do I get? It? You know, Jack. Everything comes at a
3: cost, bud. That
4: was like a peck Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly.
3: And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show am on Rock 106.9, nearing the end of it. Your next opportunity at a trip out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards will be at 11 o'clock this morning with Teresa. Stick around, make sure you get hooked up with that. And another reminder that tomorrow, yeah... Two fifteen in the afternoon. Fantone and myself will be taking place in the Jackson Polar Plunge. Mm-hmm. This is where morons jump into <laughs> freezing. This, this is where morons jump into freezing cold bodies of water. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out what the hell made me do this. What were you thinking? I have no clue. Uh, and so when i uh dude i'm not opposed to ghosting people in public we've we've heard the story this very week no I, I I am going to do this it is for a good cause it is for project rebuild it will be tomorrow uh where exactly does this go down again
4: this is lake cable uh, I believe right across from the winking lizard who is one of the uh, who is one of the post party locations also another post party location for the Jackson polar bear plunge uh Td's on West tusk is a uh, is an official partner of the event as well so uh Scott got you in there buddy don't worry about that your boy got you taken Care of. Um, but no, 215. Where's the sweat lodge? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel like I'm going to need. 215, uh, Stansbury, myself, an instructor from Project Rebuild, and one of the students from Project Rebuild will all be taking the dip. Uh, and hopefully you guys can make a donation, man. It's a great organization. I cannot speak highly enough for it and, 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 and the cause that they're kind of behind there, which is giving young adults in Canton a second opportunity and a chance to make something of themselves. So, uh, if, yeah, if,
3: Dude, it's less people breaking in your house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's less people. Bring so it in your so house. It,
4: it is. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great cause, and uh, you can find out information of how to make a donation, which I ask you to do at wrqk.com.
3: How much do they got to donate for me to be able to back out?
4: <laughs> I don't know how much. I don't know how many zeros you have to put behind that one, but I'm sure you could buy your way out of doing something. I'm sure. How many boxes of mac and cheese does it take? <laughs> how many?
3: I need to know the answers, man.
4: I, uh, yeah, not looking forward to that one. Nah, but it's happening tomorrow, 215. You doing anything else this week? What else you got going on?
3: Uh, I don't know. Tonight, I I have loose plans with a with a uh, with a next uh, with a Netflix and chill. Candidate. Okay, loose <laughs> loose plans
4: with a loose woman. Yeah, All right.
3: we uh, we, have, we have plans for one of those. <laughs> like I'll just come over. and We'll just have a couple of beers. See what happens. Like okay. I have uh, I have that tonight.
4: Now is that going to be a hey let's go out to Buzzbin and have a couple of beers, or is that hey we're home we're staying home let's make it happen?
3: I'm looking to stay home. And make it <laughs> All right, fair, I, enough. Uh, fair uh, enough. But but again, this is what's interesting. Is that this is the woman who once ghosted me once before that I had the plans with one Friday and then oh, that yeah. weekend kind of came and went and then like no communication happened. Okay. That was this person. So I'm interested to see if that happens again. There's a little bit of me. It's like, dude, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> 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 I'm kind of tired. I might be too lazy. So that, and then tomorrow I'll have the polar plunge. I'll be doing that. And then, um, then Saturday night I'm in an in indoor golf tournament uh that's taking place up in Medina I'll be at Bunker Hill uh golf course they have simulators in there and I'll be up there for my uh for my buddy who does that every year and then Sunday, I'll just be hanging out with some friends and then, you know, come back and, you know, do some work. What about you?
4: Uh, no, man, I got tonight, nothing at all. Tomorrow, I've got, uh, so I will be watching probably old WG- WCW events. Just look, man, Eric Bischoff, I talked to him. Uh, tomorrow. Do not text that dude pictures of your junk, <laughs> S- dude. Sansbury gave me his phone number. I, I was, was like, like what like, do, am I doing? Do not call this guy. Um, but no, I've got that. Tomorrow, polar plunge. After that, I have the chocolate bar. So Scott getting you in there again, buddy, ding twice. And dude, and then Sunday, I guess a day of recovery. And hopefully, uh, you know... uh Uh, You know, just handling business. All right. So, again, to reiterate, shorts, you're going shirtless. I am. I am. I'm going trunks, and that's it.
3: I'm worried that if I take my shirt off and jump in the water, they're going to make me stay in
4: there. (laughs) I'm going to be like, no, for the love of God. Dude, it looks like that's where you should live.
3: (laughs) That looks like, dude, what, are you too good for your home? That just that's the way that feels we have charge tickets, let's pass those out we'll take caller 15, one 243 7625 on those, aside from that win your way out to Los Angeles with Teresa she'll give you your next keyword at 11am we will be back at this live Monday morning, 6am on Rock 106.9 you guys have a great weekend, see you.
2: The Berry Show we may not be a global epidemic yet on iHeartRadio this is a dream come true Canton's Rock Station Rock 106.9